What's up, Max? Long time no see. How are you? I'm good. It's, it feels good to finally be back back on like the podcast. Back talking about RC, you know. Like I've been like designing parts and like doing shit like that behind the scenes, but like now to be back like like nerding out about RC. Haven't done that in a while. That's gonna be nice. Well, dude, it is our first episode of 2023. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about because silly season just went berserk in the last two weeks, I would say. So let's stop beating around the bush and let's get into it because we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about on this first podcast of 2023. Let's hit that intro. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 218 and the first episode of 2023 uh, of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And to my virtual right is the all-ever arrogant one, arrogant Max Mott, who is uh, looks like he's out and about in the wilderness now, but he's not. He's actually moved into a new apartment, and this he's still setting up his studio stuff. So what's up, Maxi? Good to see you again. I have not, we, we've been messaging, but we haven't really talked in a few weeks. Uh, I don't think, even think before I went on to the South America tour. So good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to, good to be back um, talking about RC. So, yeah, you sound so excited. Come on, man. We got to get excited about this. <laughs> got to get excited. No, uh, I mean, have a, yeah. I'm we excited. have a lot to talk about. Like, there's so much to talk about. You know? I know we we have so much notes, uh, and we we might have some, you know, we we might have some news in between this. So I don't know, man. We have a lot to talk about. Um, so anyway, with that said, let's get into everything. Uh, first off, uh, happy New Year to all everybody out there, and I hope you guys had a, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays or whatever. Uh, my uh. You know, I was watching everybody on Facebook. It seemed like everybody I know had a safe holidays. That's good to see. Uh, we're in 2023, uh, and um, let's get ready. This is our. We're actually starting a little bit earlier than usual. Usually, I wait to after 
like at least the 6th of uh, January. But man, we got so much to talk about. I want to get excited. Well, I will, this will be released on the 6th of January. But anyway, uh, thank you everybody for the love that was sent to us over the holidays. And um, yeah, we're back and we're excited to be back. So with that said, I want to say thank you to all of the patrons. I'm sorry, all of the NNRC squad around the world. Uh, without you guys, none of this is possible. Uh, thank you to all that showed us some love in 2022. Please continue to show us love by, you know, hitting that like button, subbing, sharing, and uh, hitting everything on that YouTube. If you listen to it on the audio side of things, leave some comments, leave some reviews, share that stuff. If you have friends that aren't listening to us, get it out to them. We want to grow, grow, grow this year. Also, thank you to the patrons of the podcast as well as the YouTube members. That's right. You can be a YouTube member as well. If you don't wish to be a patron, it's very easy to do. Uh, you guys got some extra stuff this week as well. You got a Patreon pod and a giveaway. And uh, you will you will get early release of this because it's being recorded a little bit late. But you will get um, early release of, of more Patreon and YouTube member only stuff. And planning on doing a lot more giveaways this year as well in that sector. So if you want to support the podcast a little bit more, you can go over there and uh, uh, support us via YouTube membership or Patreon. The link is in the written description of this podcast. Also, thank you to all the sponsors of the podcast from last year and those that are continuing this year. I'm not sure who's continuing or not. So nobody said no yet. So <laughs> that's good. Uh, well, some have, but thank you to Invisible Speed. They will stay on as our uh, primary premier sponsor as well. High Tech RC was talking to them. They got some exciting things in the mix. Their 50th anniversary coming up. I, ha I heard they have some real exciting news coming up as well. Uh, TNR Fuel, shout out to Chris and those guys. We got the TNR race coming up very shortly. Some Padal USA, thank you to Hefty for all his continued support. I believe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm going to let this release a little bit later, but I heard some news that he might be importing some engine stuff. Uh, Beach RC, shout out to Brent and Lucas and all the guys down there. Techno RC, ooh, Techno RC signed a big, big, big gun this year. We're going to talk about that and more. Lugs RC Racing, shout out to Tony Newland and Vicky Newland Clinic RC Race Tech Engines for all the support coming on again this year. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Ardent Imprints for all my hats, man. Greatly appreciate that. If you guys want to get some NNRC swag, check out Ardent Imprints on IG or uh, hit up Jason Bucal. And for all your printing and embroidery needs in the USA. And then shout out to RC Haas over in the UK, who's doing our NNRC swag, uh, Europe and UK. You can get your NNRC swag is there over there as well. Links for all of this will be in the written description of this podcast. Also, shout out to Racecraft USA. Just saw they're shipping out a whole bunch of stuff. They got some uh, command modules in. Congratulations to them. Super love the, love the, love the advertising. House of RC, House of RC 2.0 should be dropping shortly. Uh, my good buddy and good friend who's come on as part of the team uh, to help us out with our, with some of our graphics is uh, Danny Paz of WRCE. I'm hoping to work with Danny a lot more uh, this year. If you guys are looking for a very good option for streaming your races, hit us up. Danny's the guy. We can offer all-in-one packages. Ah! Uh, shout out to the now I don't know what's going to happen with RCGP but I always got to show them some love shout out to RCGP and shout out to uh, I guess these are NNRC drivers David Ronafalk with Ronafalk Racing uh, also remember he got hacked so he had to restart his Facebook and Instagram so go hit him up give him a like give him a, a, a whatnot because he did have a lot of Instagram and Facebook uh, followers uh, JTPRC shout out to Jared Tebow still yeah, I think Jared Tebow's had the most hype over um, 
of a silly season so far. We're going to talk about him and his move. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Robert Badia, who we just saw is going back to going back to South America later on this month. He's going to Tico Tico race. It's like an all brick race or concrete track. Uh, he's going to Uruguay later on this week, uh, later on this this month. And of course, shout out to our good friend, the Dr. Alex Hackbert, who's in America racing as well. So, Max, all I have to say before we be, be racing's on hot and heavy right now. We've got a lot of racing going on. And I just I just don't know how we got a lot of racing going on this weekend. We got a lot of racing going on this weekend. Just this weekend, Max. Just this weekend. We got two big races going on. 10 scale and 1 8 scale. But uh, I'm going to touch on that real quick. In some more somber news. Uh, oh, sorry. See, I'm getting ahead of myself. Links and coupon codes, affiliate links, everything can be found in the written description for all of our advertisers above. We are looking for more companies to come on board. If you like what we're doing and you want to be a part of the NNRC and want to be a part of the fastest growing media platform in RC, hit us up. And uh, as for our tiers, we're looking for to have like-minded people on to support us and uh, grow together. Uh, also, uh, in some somber news, I want to say uh, RIP to Corey Merritt, SoCal Stalwart, uh, good friend of Greg Degani, Jay Smoker, and all those guys. Came up in the Attitude Era. He passed away, lost his battle with uh, pancreatic cancer. Passed away just before New Year's. Uh, Corey, I got to know him. I got to really kind of know him at the last couple of DNCs, and then he was at Silver State. Uh, he was, you know, in a lot of pain, but, uh, you know, he used to call Greg every day when he was at the Worlds. That was crazy. When he was at the Worlds, he'd call Greg every day to find out what was going on. He still wanted to know. I know he listened to the podcast a lot, and I was happy to get the least to know him and meet him uh, before he passed away. A uh, quick story about Corey is he used to work for Proline and he used to work at the night shift uh, Proline. This is when Proline was banging, booming, you know, and um, rumor has it that he mixed compounds together, like mixed some compounds and made, made some secret compound and Chad Bradley got it and uh, won some championship with it. That's the rumors. I don't know how true it is, but uh, uh, yeah, our condolences to his family. Uh, SoCal lost a stalwart of their RC community. Uh, Max, uh, before we go on any further, uh, getting right into the nitty gritty, how was your Christmas, dude? How was that and all that stuff? Yeah, I actually had a good time. Um, like finally after COVID had all of our, you know, related family together, spent, spent time together and just hung out and yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, just chilling mostly like at the end of the year, just had a lot of school stuff. Then then pretty much been on holiday since. Obviously, I moved last week, so that that was a bit mm-hmm. of bit of a thing. But yeah, I mean, just like taking some time off finally. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get that. I get that. Um, so did, I guess you went up and spent it with your family or your girlfriend's yeah, family yeah. or what? Yeah, okay. my family. Uh, she was there with her family, so we are a few weeks apart. But yeah, now we. Now we have our new apartment and been just like trying to get all furniture set up and shit. Well, not I appreciate that, I gotta say, not a huge fan of moving. Who would have known? Get used to it. You're probably gonna do it a few times in life. Yeah, probably have to, but get used to it. Uh my Christmas was very quiet. Uh I was very, very tired and fatigued after that four weeks on the road. Mm. And it took a while to get back. I'm getting old, I'm out of shape. I know I need to get in shape. 
Um, but basically, kind of rested up. Christmas was quiet. It was very quiet. New Year's was even quieter. I don't even think I stayed up to 12. N- no, no excitement here on that term. On that, my excitement was watching my kids open up their gifts on uh, the 25th. And that's about it, man. Over eight, yeah. drank a few beers. Like, that's about it. Nothing too special. Yeah. Nothing yeah, I'm too not special. A, I'm not a huge sort of like have a, an amazing New Year's party or shit. I do love Christmas I'm, though. I'm, yeah, I'm just like fucking, it's Christmas, it's New Year's, it's just like fucking hang out. You know? I do like Every Christmas, year. but I, I do like Christmas. I, I, New Year's, that hanging out too late is, I'm past that. I'm past yeah. that. Uh, I'm getting too old for that shit. You, you still have a lot of time to do that. Um, yeah. But very quiet. Uh, I, I try to turn off for a bit, but as you know, that's impossible, especially with, it seemed like little moves were being made. And man, it was, it's, it, it's been hard because so many people have been asking me where this person's going, where this person's going, who's going where. I know you know who's going her. And I know a lot of things. I just can't say them all. But uh, we're going to talk all about that this week on this podcast. And you know what? I think we should just get kind of right into this stuff, man. Um, what do you think we should start on? Should we just go? I don't think we're going to do any sponsors or anything like that. We're just going straight into We're going to talk about it. Let's get into. All right. Let's get into the RC news. Then we'll get into some questions because the RC news, we only have really one subject to talk about. And I know somebody asked about this in the RC questions. So I think the, one of the biggest news coming out uh, that wasn't silly season, but it is silly season related, was the uh, Horizon Racer Payout Program. Now, this does link it to silly season as well. But, yeah, let's talk about this because a lot of people are, the people who like TLR and are loyalists to it, they seem to be uh, all about it, which is expected. Uh, the people that are now out of TLR because of things like this, they're obviously against it. And then, of course, we have the internet and everybody's going crazy. And I think this might have had a bunch of comments on one of my posts over the over Christmas or over when it was yeah, announced. This was this was definitely one of the biggest posts on Live RC. I think uh, the Racer Payout Program, like like not taking into account the silicis and stuff, obviously, but. Like general news, I think this was probably the biggest news piece of the of the silly season time. And uh, yeah, I think like hard to say what the overall reception was. It was pretty much like you know some people liked liked it, some people didn't. But I don't think it was that big about you know people were just like talking shit about like whatever. I don't know, like not. About oh, it's gonna it's so. gonna be yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. I'm I'm, tra- I'm trying to make yeah. an a- active effort not to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, it was like it's hard to tell what the public perception of it was. Um, but yeah, before we go into like what we think about it, I think like programs like these have never really hurt brands. So like, I think I think the overall reception was pretty good. I mean, some people were like, "Oh, if you buy, buy like what." I, I saw some shared posts, like people shared that if you buy VP Pro tires, you get them for so cheap that you don't win, it's cheaper than getting to pay out and buying ProLine. But mm-hmm. like, that's a, I don't know, like tires are a thing that in my opinion, like that's not, that's not, you know, you should buy the right tires and you can win, not try to get the payout. Chassis, it's a different deal. 
But yeah, I kind of like the fact that they do it for all of their brands. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you, okay, if you but, grow those brands, you get the benefit. All right. So let's, let's, for those who don't know anything about this, let's just give a quick synopsis of this. So basically, what Horizons on the race program, which is TLR, Proline, AKA, and Spectrum, uh, they are, so what they've really come up with as a contingency plan. Uh, and uh, we had this at JQ Racing as well. So it's a cash contingency. It's called the Racer Payout Program. They have, uh, Contingency program totaling more than 360,000. They finally fixed it available for qualified races. These incredible brands will offer contingency opportunities for races competing in one tenth, two wheel drive, four wheel drive buggy and on the eight sales side of the sport. I'm glad that they called it a sport. Uh, so they're going to have contingency for nitro buggy, e buggy, nitro truggy and e truggy. Yeah. You can add it to the stream, Max. Let's add that. Yeah. Uh, so. It will reward drivers from the sportsman level up to the pro ranks and will pay out the top three drivers. The top three drivers make the podium and get paid cold hard cash, no gift cards or credit here. Uh, the RPP was created for a nationwide, has created a nationwide list of 15 tier one national level races and tier two regional level races to give everyone a shot at winning. We will be adding races throughout the year as the new tier one and two level races are announcing. So uh, let's just go. The, so the payouts are yeah. example. The racer payout program has two separate tiers of payouts. One based on the prestigious national level races, tier one, and one geared more towards the regional type races, t- tier two. So basically races like DNC, PMB, obviously those have a lot more value than no offense to anybody than JBRL or maybe some of these smaller there's, uh, regional races. There's surprisingly many like tier run races. So SIC, DNC, pretty much all of the right uh, race time events, all of Joey's events, um, row nationals, obviously. And uh, yeah, like big 10 scale events are here also. Yeah, it's, it's pretty like, much. There's a, there's a lot of events they listed here. So that's even like JBRL, like they have, that's in tier two, obviously. Yes. But they, yes. You can get payouts from those series as well. Mm-hmm. And the amounts are quite good. Like if you look at it here, like you can get, and this is the craziest part of it this is that from sportsmen, if you win running TLR Spectrum and AKA, you, you win 600 dollars if you win is it in sports yeah yeah that's crazy that's yeah i mean you have to (laughs) so i think it also breaks down where if you uh use just one of their products as well correct so if you just use the tlr basically basically how it works is if you use tlr Mm -hmm. and you win pro nitro buggy at tr1 event you Mm -hmm. get 400 if you use tlr and spectrum you get 400 twice if you use tlr spectrum and aka you get 400 like three times. So the maximum right, right. you can get from one win is uh, 1,200. 1200. Okay, cool, cool. Got you. From Got pro, you. pro. From then from sportsman is obviously lower as you can see here. But mm-hmm. I think the payouts are pretty good. Uh, and I see that they're only paying yeah. off for the top three. I believe and we did it at JQ Race and we paid up to the top 10. Depended the on the event. It, it, it really depended on the event. So we had it like bigger events, it was top 10. Smaller events, it was top three. Dude, we had DNC at like five thousand dollars or something like that, or three thousand. Yeah, we had we had big. But the thing is, the issue was, you know, with 
DNC first Nitro this, Buggy. Yeah, in my opinion, the issue of you know these payout programs is that the the guys who are gonna win pro classes are most likely, you know, not having to deal with this contingency anyway. They have a contract, you know. Right, they have contingency. I get what you mean. Yeah. But so then that, that, the guys that part like, of it's like null and void. This is more for the yeah. intermediate drivers and yeah. sportsman drivers, which is which yeah. is great. So but then again, you know, I think this was sort of one of my critiques. So uh, that I put down also the issue is like uh, for the pro drivers, this doesn't make any difference because they will always have the contract contingency already. Um, for sportsman drivers, you shouldn't be sponsored. You shouldn't be like taking it seriously because it's called sportsman, and that's sort of the idea. But then you can get money out of it. So, like, yes, this going to introduce a massive amount of sandbagging. So, in like, it's going to make things mind, a lot more serious too now because guys have yes. got money on the line. Yeah. So, in you, my you, mind, had, you said something about this a few months ago, or maybe earlier this last year. He's like, oh, what? If people start getting replaced for contingency for sponsorship, <laughs> people going to go, it's going to be fights at, at uh, RC yeah. races. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, in my opinion, the biggest issue. And to be honest, like the only issue of this program is that it pays down to sportsmen. Because, yes, I do think it's nice that sportsmen drivers can get something back, but there is no proper regulation of what is a sportsman. Like, I mean, every, at every single big race last year, I saw Facebook post this. Oh, the guy who won Sportsman should have been in it. Yeah, but that, I don't even want to open up this can of worms that this has opened up, which is the same can of worms we get asked every freaking race. Woken sponsor guys running Sportsman. And I, it comes back to the simple thing that sponsorship does not equate to ability. Yeah, yeah, and also to me it uh, like if you want to have classes that like have monetary value at, like here it like if some some guy just said like I'm going to buy my shit like you know like if you were Ryan Mayfield mm -hmm. or let's take a better example if you were an old retired pro and you were just like well, fuck it I'm going to go private here and run every single, uh, you know, like sportsman class as a privateer and went to every single race, you know, you could easily get like a few thousand each race back from this program. Okay. So like if you, uh, uh, let's count, I'll count it up so people can sort of understand what I'm going after. Okay. So basically if you went to sportsman nitro buggy, sportsman nitro truggy, and then you run 40 plus nitro buggy. Then you run, um, you run th these three classes. Oh, it's also e truggy and e buggy. So mm -hmm. you, you run five classes. Um, you pay 100 for each class and cheese. So that's 500 down. Then you use four of these, uh, three of these brands, uh, TLR Spectrum and AK, for example. So you get $600. Per class, so in the end you get three thousand as the racer payout uh, wins. You pay five hundred for the entries, and a few hundred for the you know, um, you know what travel and whatever. Right, right, right. Have. 
So in the end, if you were a really, really fast driver and you'd be sure you can win all of these classes, you could just get to race around America next year. All of, all of these races you could go to, race essentially for free and hang out with your friends. You know, for free. Now, the, the problem is now you're going to give people ideas. Um, no, but like... If, I, I know people, what you mean. Theor- theoretically, you can do this. Yeah. So and the thing is, like, if you are, you know, a guy who... And the thing is, the, the silliest part of this is that I, I'm like the guy who, you know, signed up as the trophy hunter for intermediate and pro, whatever he did. Guys like that will 100% do it because you... Basically, you can buy just one TLR car, you know, sets a few sets of tires and an engine, shit like that. And then, you know, you just use those and you beat much lesser competition. So if not, if the racing isn't part of it, just traveling around America and doing shit like that. And, you know, like just have a receipt like Greg Dagani and say you're not, not a, a pro. So like that, that to me is the biggest issue. If it was intermediate, it made much much more sense, you know. Okay. Because if you win intermediate, then you should be should be sponsored already, and then it doesn't become cheaper. All right. Well, but I don't want to even beat that dead horse anymore. Let's yeah. let's stop there, because I want to talk about uh, some of the reactions to this and what I th- and why. Okay, so yeah. when Horizon does things like this, it's it's big because it's a big company, correct? Now, it's not to say that other companies don't have this going on. We, you know, small JQ Racing had it. I've heard of other companies that have contingency as well. Now, what I've what they've done is if they've made it where this is... So, this has to come back to what I've been hearing as well. Thomas Tran's always been talking about this, making a smaller team. I heard this is... Uh, I heard there was major budget cuts. <laughs> this, is, this is what I heard. This, this is the rumors. I don't know how true this is. But basically, I heard that Tran came in under budget and then got cut. Like they said, "Oh, you came in with less, so we're going to give you less." I don't know no, how true that is. That's how that's how it works. Like right. anyone so, who's worked at a big corporation or government, you should always go over budget. So next year you don't get cut. <laughs> so that that's what right. happens. Like at big corporations, you go over budget on purpose. So if you you're at if you're in October or like November, you look at your budget, and if it looks like you're going under, you just buy a fuck ton of shit. Or like coffee. Machine, I mean, that's how like you that. illegally do. I guess that's how you. No, 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 do. no, no. That's 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 what like every big corporation. Like if you have a small office that is under a big corporation, like military does this. Like every single you know corporate right. structure. That's okay. Like normal, you know. So I, I don't know how normal that is, but anyway, I guess it is. But it is, I'm is. not a business guy like that. But so yeah. it came in, and I think I don't know how true this is, but I think this is why, why we have to touch on silly. That's why Cavs not there. Um, and we saw a few, I, I, I know like there's a lot of guys that were out on TLR that were on big deals. They don't have them no more. They've been dropped. I heard like guys got dropped to 50% and 50% got dropped to 30%. And then this whole, you get, you can get money. You can get this contingency plan is to make up for the percentage that they don't have. And people aren't happy about that. I mean, I saw like Charlie Mariona, who is a very talented 10 scale racer, you know, he's, He's not going to do all the A-mains at these. He's made some A-mains, but he's not going to do all of racing, you know, like of making them steadily. He's gone. So I'm thinking that this guy's been with TLR for 11 years, loved them. He's just gone. Like, te- 
You know, yeah. so I'm thinking like guys like this got that maybe he didn't get the deal that he wanted. Um, but just people around, you know, maybe who had big deals ain't getting it no more. And you know what, man? This may be the unpopular opinion, but this is what's needed in this industry by all yeah. by all companies. It's it's called like just get like the so what they're doing is making it accountability. So basically, okay, you want a big deal. Here you you know you want to get you know you want to get your money off. Well, here you go, golden race. I know it's gonna people can say, well, I have to come top three, but this is should be the girls you aiming for. You know you should be aiming to win and all this type of stuff. So what it does is it it gives this sponsorship to, to people who are being sponsored accountability to see you know okay are you worth your deal? Are you coming set first, second, third at these races? You know are you you know are you doing well? So. You are supplementing what you lost with your deal with uh, contingency. And then th- then maybe that yeah. changes next year where you get bumped up. That's kind of how yeah. it should be. But you have to do that with a smaller team and you have to be able to monitor it. So yeah. I think a lot of people that are really against this, obviously because it's horizon, it's it's not new. It's happened. I mean, maybe not deals haven't been bumped on like this and um, and stuff like that. But it gives accountability to uh, the the company because if you do well you get rewarded mm-hmm. right and it and it gives accountability to the person who's racing so that that way you don't have guys that are oh i'm on a 75 deal and i have only raced once this year yeah that's that to me that is the biggest issue with the current you know business structure of rc right now the business structure works that the company basically assesses that is this guy worth taking a loss? If it's not, then you give him a you know 40 off, 50 off deal. So you go at zero. And then like some drivers, you're like, well, is this guy, does, does this guy running our brand have any benefit to us? And if it's yes, then you give them a 20 off deal, you know? So basically the, the thing is the company has to assess the value of the driver and then on that base, the discount of that driver. It's not about, you know, oh, we want to sponsor this guy because they think he's going to be good. It's a business decision. It's like, hey, this is strictly business. These type of programs are better because it puts an incentive to both parties. It puts out an incentive for the driver to win, to get mm-hmm. Horizon exposure, and then Horizon pays back as money. So there's incentive to both do the right thing, get first at races. Now, the sportsman and intermediate and the, that angle I talked about earlier, that makes that more, you know, not that, you know, nice. <laughs> it makes it a bit more difficult to do it proper incentives. But the in- incentives are still there. You go to races to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they would just cut out, cut out sportsmen, this would be fine. Totally fine. Okay. Um, so to me, do you think we're going to see more companies follow suit like this? Cause I think it's going to come to a point. All right. So my Ako done it their kind of way. Uh, we see horizons doing it their way. Uh, will me, we see? So I guess, okay, this is what I'm looking at. Horizon will eat the bad press right now. Cause it's, it is some bad press, bad publicity and they'll eat it. They'll lose some drivers and stuff like that. They'll gain some drivers as well, but they'll lose some more. 
or whatever. But I think in the long run, they're going to be, it's going to be successful because I'm sure the people yeah. that's crunched the numbers have said, well, we can afford to lose people. And we, and we, we, Oh yeah, I, yeah. You know, it still comes back down to like, hey, make people accountable for what they're doing. Yeah, having incentives and having accountability. That's the two things. Like like associated and these big companies when they give out sponsorship, it always says like, hey, you have to make this many social media posts, you have to go to track wearing this. No one follows them and no one gets kicked out of the team, you know? And that's that's one of the issues. Like there's no accountability. In, right, in like a regular sponsorship that used to be, well, it still is, but it's it's like people have certainly tried to okay. find a way. And the thing, well, thing, the thing why I think um, this is somewhat the right way, or at least justified way, is because Ryzen functions as a company. There has been guys who have looked at the numbers and said the way we're doing this now isn't sustainable. You know, mm-hmm. someone has said that and done this. You know, they wouldn't. Of wouldn't course, it's not sustainable. We've been saying it yeah. for a long time, so yeah. we're going to see more so, adjustments. Mm-hmm. To me, I think to we're just going to see wanna, more teams doing things like this. Yeah, to me though, the perfect combo. I want to. I want to get this out too. Is having some like getting customers that like the brand and respect the brand, and then getting them to sort of buy the sponsorship effectively. Effectively the Mayako membership program, for those people who just want to belong to a team. And then for those who just want to get results, get some kind of, you know, some kind of reward for that, then you have the payout program. So I think combining these two would be the perfect, you know, strategy for RC going forward for a few reasons. One is that you are not undercutting the hobby shop to get more customers. Number two, it gives back to the racers more, you know? Like, if you if you buy something as a member, you buy the membership from Mayako, you get something back. You get extra privileges of, like, mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. access to different things, and then you also get the discount, whatever. But then Mayako doesn't effectively lose on this situation because if someone buys, you know, more parts, yes, they get the discount, but then again, someone buys more parts so they get more sales. And... That's so hot. So that's that takes the sort of pressure off the manufacturer to just sell out kits, sell out things, and undercut the hobby shop, which is the issue. Undercutting hobby shops and retailers and uh, what you call it. Um, no, I know there's going to be like there's going to be many people that don't agree with us, sir, and I'm going to say call Horizon the big bad wolf and all this stuff. Yeah. But I think to wrap this up. I agree with you. I think we're in both agreement that this is a, a good step forward. I think, yeah. uh, and but I do think it has its cliff. I'm not. Yeah, falls. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I I think this is a thought out uh, idea, and it has some like actual good ideas behind it mm-hmm. in terms of sustainability of RC. These okay. are not things that you can just say like, oh, it's this and this and this. It's like you have to look at the very big picture, then look at how money works and how like corporations work and what it does to the structure of RC and then come to a conclusion. So it's not like this could be a podcast on its own, but I think, you know, the points we went through are sort of the main points, at least the points I, I said. And I think, yeah, overall, I think it's um, at least an interesting concept to see how it 
comes out next year. I agree. I agree. Uh, Reds Racing uh, have released a backplate that's got a lot of buzz going on in uh, yeah. in RC. So from my understanding, the layman's term and basic acknowledgement of, is this basically it's a bearing system for the connecting rod to go to. So it it just doesn't wear on the backplate as much. So it's like a bearing for the con rod, like an extra bearing on the end. Am I, is that yeah. correct? Yes. So effectively what this is, is... And before we go on any further... Thank you. We're using Circus RC because, you know, she's probably oh, one of the yeah. easiest websites to watch and look at all the stuff. Yeah. So shout yeah, out to Circus Chris, RC. Yeah. Chris is definitely one of the guys who's taken biggest, you know, have followed like the silly season from start to, to where we are now. So thanks to him and, and good job on following the news. So, yeah, um, this was, in my opinion, probably the second biggest piece of news <laughs> during the silly season. Uh, mm-hmm. at least like Facebook news, whatever you want to characterize it as. But yeah, basically what this is, is normally you'd just have a backplate and then you'd have the Conrad spinning in the, um, like not against the backplate, but with a little bit of distance between it. And most engines will have enough play where the Conrad will touch the backplate and scratch it a bit. So there will be a slight amount of friction there at times especially like high RPMs and stuff like that. But also what happens is there is um, oil and fuel uh, moving through there. So that causes some surface tension and then on it drags, you know, a little bit. So with this, the idea of this at least, the idea of this is to make the backplate, inside of the backplate rotating, so while the Conrad moves, the backplate moves with it. So that way you would reduce the friction to pretty much zero because you have the bearings. And then you would reduce also the drag of the oil and, and fuel inside there moving uh, between uh, the Conrad and the backplate. Um, now, my thoughts on this is I really don't have a proper idea of is this going to be a noticeable difference? I'd expect it to like raise RPMs, lower fuel consumption a bit. But I do see that it's, first of all, adding a bit of weight. Um, don't exactly know how much, but definitely five to 10 grams, I'd say. Um, also, there now is a much bigger chance of a leak. And also a much bigger chance of the bearings failing and that backplate exploding into the back of the engine. So those are the biggest, you know, worries of the system. Uh, judging from the fact that they have uploaded CAD photos, I'd imagine this design doesn't have that much testing on it. Um, but it's hard to say. Basically, how I would, you know, characterize this is it's an interesting concept, but I don't know. So it's hard to say if it actually works and it increases the liability of the engine a lot, you know, like so, extra, extra point of leak, extra point of failure. Uh, extra what would, so what would be the, be- okay. So, so, for, for, so as I'm imagining this in my, my P brain right here, 
So basically, the Conrad that's that ROM spacer that that's yeah. connected that's going to be spinning with the connecting rod. Yeah. So effective, if you have the design, here's the back plate, and here's the con rod spinning like this, moving the, mm -hmm. you know, like, right. You know, so spinning that's spinning. Like this. Yeah. So when you spin it like this, it, it has a little bit of a gap, but because of the fact that it moves a tiny bit, it has some oil and fuel between it, it will start to sort of have a little bit of resistance and drag from the back plate, even okay. though there's a gap between it. So with this backplate, the idea is that the backplate itself is spinning and it will spin with the Conrad. So that reduces the drag and the friction, I guess, if you, if you have it touching. The well, I, I mean, is it worth the reliability issues to get that? that is the performance gain worth the possibility? Not, we, we don't know if it's yeah. going to have liability issues, but that's a big fur. Or, or the issues yeah. that can come of it. Does the performance I mean, gain outweigh the issues that can happen with it? My estimate would be no. Okay. But it, it would be hard to say. I mean, it could be that it like increase or decreases fuel consumption a lot. Like, I mean, that okay. could be okay. the case. So that that would be very very worth it if it does. But then again, like, would I rather have an engine that has a chance of breaking another bearing than getting, let's say, thirty seconds less? mileage i don't know but you know okay. it's hard to say it's hard to say yeah. like before we see it in action but my guess would be that not a lot of reds team drivers are not are going to use this i think this is sort of a concept concept thing you know maybe in like five years they have a better solution that works mm -hmm. this way and you know but my estimate would be that this isn't revolutionary you know, it, well this isn't going to be a revolutionary thing in engine design Okay. All right. But uh, moving on. A lot of people it is have very interesting. About it. Yeah. Maybe I would love to get maybe uh, Marco is the one that speaks English. Maybe yeah, get them one yeah. and have them. I want to know more history about the family and everything. Yeah. And, they, uh, they definitely I, always have looked ways to innovate the engine. So, for mm -hmm. example, like Mario's, um, you know, the horizon, uh, horizontal uh, needle system where the top needle, instead of being at an angle, was straight. Um, mm -hmm. against the lower speed needle. I personally like this in the way of, you know, it had some benefits, the throttle feel, but the tuning was really difficult. So maybe they'll revisit it in the future with better materials perhaps, and better perhaps, technology. Uh, yeah, but, but I, this I, is how we go forward too. Some, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was things that, about it that was better, but hard to say if, you know, it will ever come back again. Um, okay. And they have settled on the three needle setup, like the OS, and pretty all much right. all existing brands with middle needle, low speed, and top top at an angle. Okay. Um, we're gonna touch on this. We did Joseph and I did talk about RCGP not continuing in 2023. I want to touch on this real quick because you haven't heard the notes, and then we're gonna go into some questions. Um, as we know, it's not continuing in 2023. I talked to yeah. Isherwood yesterday, and he says he's still working on things for RCGP. So I. I I don't know what he's what the plan is with this. If yeah, he's going to continue it or not, I mean, it's. Yeah. I'll be honest with you; it's going to be very hard to continue this after a year off, or what happened. You I know. think. I think the brand is known enough, it's still know, viable, and viable enough where it's not worthy to just throw it out. It could be so a virtual series. That could be one. 
Um, another way to do it could be, you know, like special events, you know, like um, mm-hmm. there, there has been ideas, you know. Yeah, maybe that's like a one-off race. Maybe yeah. so a I race, think, a race team that can be sent to do races. Who knows? Yeah, something like that. And and definitely, they, David is passionate enough about this this project that he won't just like quit and forget about it. He'll definitely try to figure out a way to make it work. Maybe in another form, perhaps find a way to do the serious thing, but better. Um, but I do hope. I do hope we find a way to do a World Series. Um, well, maybe maybe all... we need to maybe we need to just say that hey, we can't you know we can't use that much money in media production or whatever, um, and then like just be like hey, let's just have these guys compete with each other. You know, maybe choose like existing races that you know agree to do it some some way, and uh, but I think. Like to be honest, in my opinion, the biggest reason it failed was not that it didn't do a good enough job. It was just like people didn't want it to do a good job. People didn't want it to succeed. Like brands actively boycotted the series. Brands actively tried to undermine the series. And I think that that is a big reason why it ended up failing. Not that RCGP itself did a bad job or a worse job or whatever, whatever you know you would argue. I think it's just that it, it take things like this take time, and mm-hmm. uh, it takes like something like F one or MotoGP or LMP one, for example, or even the World Rallycross series. Like those things have took like many tries to get it right, you know. And uh, I agree. I some agree. have done it really well, and some have fallen down, then gotten back up, you know. So yeah, I do think there is a time for RCGP to come back. Um, but yeah, not, not this year. I mean, for all purposes, we do have a series. It's just not in America. We have a series, you know, you can go DNC, PMB, silver state yeah. nationals, uh, probably throw in yeah. uh wicked weekend or AMS or, yeah. you know, one of those races and you have, you have a series there in America, yeah. but to get a world series, it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. I'd uh, like RCG to do, be- I'd like to do sort of a, in an RC podcast view of the future of RC, like, you know, an utopian world where we get, we slowly build up back to having RCGP and it functioning. I'd like to discuss this, that because now we, RC, it's clearly we can say RCGP failed, you know, mm-hmm. the way they did it didn't work out. And uh, there ha- you have to try again, it, because in the end, I, I'd say there is no person in the professional RC world who says, yeah, having RC, having professional media production and a professional world is is bad for RC. I don't think there is anyone in you know working or like actively liking RC who is like, yeah, this is a bad thing. So we all, I at least my assumption, we all would want something like this, but perhaps we need to find alternative ways to make this happen. And yeah, I'd I find agree. that way for sure. I agree. Uh RCGP wasn't perfect, but there was lots of other things that happened that made it hard to. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, hope it, I hope it comes back yeah. in some form, but I, as me, I'm a little disappointed, but it is what it is. I will say this. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with RCGP last year. I learned a lot and I'm forever thankful for uh, them yeah. taking me you in and teaching me something new. 
Yeah, you even have your shirt, their shirt on. So. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's comfortable. All right, yeah. um, you know what? We're gonna go on to some. I, we, there is a lot more RC news, but a lot of it has to part do with silly season. So mm-hmm. we're gonna uh, go on to some questions here. Uh, I think this year the the question is going to be sponsored by Invisible Speed. It only makes sense because it's usually JQ and you answering it an Invisible Speed bench racing Q and A. Uh, we haven't gotten all that worked out yet. It's still early. But uh, remember, everybody, you can get a invisible speed and make your speed visible. That's what you got to do because it's really good. The book or the course, check it out. Uh, and soon to come, I guess, uh, clinics. I didn't even talk about with you with my South America trip because I went, I went, talked about it uh, in a whole podcast. So I didn't think it was needed yeah. to talk about it anymore. Looking at but, your social media was quite a success. Thank you. I, I kind of yeah, burnt out my chili. Really fun and, yeah. And then they yeah, were like, think, don't post you're posting too fast. This is Robert and JQ. We need to post too. <laughs> so I had to stop yeah. posting. Yeah, you're a professional social media influencer, you know? Some days, some days. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, before we go on, uh, did you see that there's a new raw president, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. definitely good news. Um, what I heard from him on the podcast where he was on, he was positive and... Uh, I'd be very excited to to him getting more in contact with Efra, having let's say meeting a year with the yes. people at Efra, getting more in contact with uh, Femka for more, and trying trying to get if more actually functioning because like I I checked yesterday, but I was trying to find out the dates for the eight scale electric worlds. Which were rumored to be next year. Like everyone's like, yeah, it's gonna be next year. Many brands have prepared for it, but <laughs> where the fuck? No dates, no announcements, no nothing. No decisions so, made yet. No decisions. Yeah, made and yet. and the thing about that was like at the Efra AGM, their people said there was gonna be the worlds in Europe for eight scale electric off road. Okay. Right now, no clue. Is it even happening? What the fuck's going on? And when you go to Ifmar's page, there's like a picture of an old rusty motor and then a text under it that's like motor regulations. Like, come on. Like, I was like, I was showing my girlfriend and she was like, what the fuck is this? You know? And that's why I said, yeah, this is the highest federation of RC race. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is definitely embarrassing. But congratulations to Clayton Young. He has a lot on his plate. I think he takes over next week. I was talking to him yesterday. Um, I'm, you know... Uh, lot of, lots, of, lots to be done at Raw. Lots to be done, and he's got a lot to do. And you know, he's gonna have, he's gonna need good people on his side to help make that happen, and patience. And uh, congratulations to that. So, uh, we're gonna go on to our Invisible Speed uh, Bench Racing Q and A. Now, we do have a lot of questions about silly season people. I will read your question out, but uh, we're gonna talk about silly season, so it doesn't make sense talking twice about it. So um, we will read your question now because I know people want to get their questions read out. But uh, we, we're probably just going to skip over this and go right to silly season because we have a lot of questions and we have to get through them. So first up, we're going to go with our Instagram questions. If you guys ain't checked out our Instagram, remember we lost it. We got a new one. We're almost at 1,300 followers. Help us get up to 2,000 or at least get us up to 1,500 here. Uh, Reese, Reese's Reese Cup. Why don't one eight Reese Cup? Why don't one eight scale cars trucks use a chassis protector? Thanks, love the podcast. I just think because they get destroyed too much. Yeah, they don't last. And it's 
most age scale tracks aren't watered a lot you know mm-hmm. like something like i don't know where this race is from but like if you know thunder rally you go there the tracks not watered. Yeah, it's so abrasive. Chassis, chassis so abrasive so and yeah. especially in europe uh the tracks are effective with the concrete a lot of times so yeah chassis is just it's just too I much i think also maybe you use so many screws underneath there too that is like, definitely an issue as well, but I'd say the chassis wear is the biggest. Yeah, it would be too wear. I mean, we we factor in chassis wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh, paint by Jen. Is everything getting dilute, diluted with so many different classes vehicles? Would it be better to keep it simpler? I'm not just talking about one eighth buggies here, but the whole hobby. Too much choice for the newcomer, giving no direction in, into actual racing. Hundred percent, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's definitely, I think the, the it's people get tempted to run too many classes too fast. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I've given some of my thought thoughts on this before. This is a subject that could like award itself another another podcast. Uh, keep may, it short, maybe, Max. maybe maybe I do. You know, this year I'll do like ten a video about Patre- it. Patreon only podcast that about me ranting about the RC world <laughs> and how I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> oh my gosh the arrogant yeah. one has spoken no. but yeah, yeah definitely but need some yeah go ahead basically sorry. basically in my mind the way to fix it is to pick the classes that have the most prestige um have the most um you know interest that are the most interesting and you know have the most people in them already pick those classes uh put your effort into those and then the rest of the classes keep them as you know a hobby, not a, as a professional whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you have like, like even even on the racer payout program, you could run five classes at one race. Just too much. <laughs> it's just too much, you know. So having let's say two classes uh, big per big race, I think that mm-hmm. would be a great start already. I do okay. think. Truggy is a nice, nice class for <laughs> hobbyists, but I don't think it should be a professional class. You know, I don't well, mind bad habits. Yeah, I don't, I do, don't, I do, don't mind having a lot of classes, but have them at you know lower level, like have them as a hobby class. You know, like if you look at full scale racing, there's lots of different classes, like classic cars, historic cars, things like that. You don't race world championship for historic class, you know. So that's what I think. Okay. I would have to agree with you. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Hyper Fox 2.1. <laughs> this guy's so savage. And why do people give a shit what Ogden does? He hasn't done shit in years. He must be talking about <laughs> his recent move. We'll talk about Ogden's move to uh, TZO. And he, he also asked, what the fuck happened to the goat? Did Techno drop T-Bone Jones for RM Big Paycheck? We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, your dad, Henry Mort, 18, asks, when will we see a Mayako Truggy and 8-scale electric buggy? 8-scale uh, ele- electric buggy uh, prototypes uh, we have, have had them for since DNC last year. Um, currently, we do have very early stage prototypes of the Truggy uh, and e-Truggy as well. Uh, release of that won't be in 2023 officially but for members um there will be at least a chance to get some sort of prototype druggy 
this year. Um, but official release might go to 2024 for Chuggy. Okay. Um, e-buggy release will be this year, uh, official release. Mm, I think Joseph has mentioned, but currently the release will be if there is a world at the world. After the world, but, yep. yeah. All right, and my boy uh, Jason Bukal wants to know, where of Arden Imprint, where is T-Bow going? We, we have the answer to that in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time this podcast is released, the answer will be out. All right, yeah. uh, Jason Elric of our Facebook questions. How do you how do you never have to pee on your show? I do actually. We just stop and I go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably gonna have to pee on this show. Josh Payne, the Savage Australian. Is it worth having a paid pro driver? We're gonna answer this real quick, Max. Is it still worth it? Yes or no? Yes and no. So if you're David Ronnefolk, it's worth it. If you he are, he has made an effective change. He has made an effective yeah. imp- impact on sales and so has robert battier by the way yeah yeah yeah. if you're robert battier david ronafog drivers who are more than just oh they won that race you know yes yes then if you are i don't want to give names out because i don't want to bad mouth people but if you are a driver like cavalry let's be honest like Cavalier five years ago, he was worth it because he was actually winning almost every race or at least up there. Mm-hmm. But right now, having Cavalier, at least the way he was last year at TLR, is not worth it. He doesn't have a huge social media presence. He doesn't have a huge name brand in mm-hmm. like following. He has a name brand in like success, but not as in, you know, I'll do what he does, you know? Right. So, and also, he didn't get the results. So having Cavalieri as he was last year, that definitely is not worth it for someone like TLR. And they may, they clearly realized that, and now he's out. Okay. All right. I, I would agree. I actually agree with you on that. I think uh, we're because I, I, I know, because I watch Robert, um, and I know I know how things are operating. He has to work, and I watched him working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and the, thing, he, the thing is, like, the time of being a pro driver and not actually doing work on top of just racing, it's just over. Yes. You can't be a pro, you know, driver unless you're someone like Ongaro who fucking wins everything, you know? Well, he doesn't win everything, but I know what you mean. And I mean, he, he's going to have to he, – but he's growing his brand. He's doing his stuff. And Cavallari yeah. did, did done, done none of that. At least Ryan yeah. Mayfield – has like yeah. Jay Concepts I mean, looking after him and doing all the social media yeah. and building his or, RM2 yeah. brand and all that stuff. But to be uh, to be honest, like fully honest, Ongaro really doesn't have a brand outside of Italy, perhaps Central Europe. So I like I would say Ongaro's value to associated and you know that is mostly you know he he's him winning races. Obviously well, winning Italy, two world yes. championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that would do it. That I'm, would I'm, do not, it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying like he's not worth it for associated. He definitely is. What I'm saying is like his value is the fact that he gets those really, really good results. But the proofs that they put in what people like Ronald Falcon has done uh, and whatnot. So he, he yeah. took a brand on his back and he built it up. So yes, I still think pros are worth it if they're willing to put in the effort to make. To, to be professional. Yeah. Uh, next question for you, Max, is from Damian Moses. He wants to know a question for Max on driving style. What is the benefit of blipping the throttle around corners versus applying the throttle smoothly? Come on, Max. You got to give quick answers for these ones. Blipping, yeah. which I hate, or smooth? 
So basically, the thing is, most RC cars are tuned in a way that you don't have natural rotation in the car, so that you can have you know enough grip on high speed and bumping and whatever, and you can like it. Car feels easy to drive. So what you do is you blip the throttle, so you upset the grip of the car to get the rear end uh, sliding slightly, get enough rotation, and then you get out of the corner. Feathering the throttle is a similar way, but that's basically just like trying to find the grip going out. Like you can go earlier on the throttle and then like consistently increase it and find the grip. Instead of when you go on the throttle smoothly, if you if it doesn't work out and you lose grip, there's a bigger chance of you losing the car completely because you have to react quite quickly. Um, overall, it's better always to have a smooth acceleration, smooth braking.s but uh, if your car is set up wrong, if you're not that good of a driver, it might be better to, you know, feather it or blip it or, you know, do like make the car do stuff that it's not optimal, but it makes makes you go easier around the track for some people at least. You're on mute. You know, you're on mute. <laughs> I said I definitely do my first share of throttle blipping, and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> next question from Dallas Hoover: How do you choose which tire pattern to use on a different on different surfaces? So, like, for example, when you use a small pin spaced out like a hole shot, or a small pin closed together like a slide lock. Thanks, and love the podcast. Okay, so two minute explanations of, on how tires work. So basically, the higher the pin the more bend of the pin. This is especially useful when the track surface is like, like soft, you know, when it has quite a bit of dust and it's soft. When it's really hard, you have the car moving around. It's, it's uncomfortable to drive. Um, when you have a big pin, it's better on rough conditions, like more, produces more grip on rough conditions because it has less bending. If you have a tall and big pin, you obviously have, you know, big, like you, it digs up into the dirt and you have a lot of grip. Then small pin is when the dirt or the dust on the track is very, very fine. So you have dust on the track, and the track surface is soft, but you have a very fine pin that sort of, you know, twists uh, or bends and cuts into the surface of the track. Then really close together pins are really good for abrasive surfaces that don't have a lot of dust. So effectively, what I'm saying is the spacing between the pins, less spacing, less space for the dust to go, more spacing, more space for the dust to go, less spacing, bigger pins, uh, longer um, or less tire wear, and uh, more spacing, smaller pins, more tire wear. And uh, yeah, effectively, on abrasive surfaces that have a lot of dust, you have medium-sized pin with quite big spacing, then, you know, something like, you know, Enduro, um, I don't know if people still use that, but like big pin that has quite a bit of spacing, 
then on tracks that are really, really like something like DNC, where it's soft, it's a bit dusty, but it's like moist. Then you have a really small pin, so the pin still folds, but it goes round the small dust particles. And then when it's like the world swas, where there is almost no dust whatsoever, uh, so you're relying mostly on the compound to work. You have a thread pattern, so this provides you with just enough of you know um, crooks and and or nooks and you know places for the dust to escape, but also provides the maximum surface area of the tire. On on dusty or dirt like condition where there's a lot of dirt, you don't really need that because you're not going to have that advantage of like surface area. But when you have a clear blue groove line, you effectively want to have the maximum surface area relative to the amount of you know dust particles. Yeah. So that's the best I can do for two minutes. If I had five more minutes, I'd probably you you went five minutes by the way. Oh, you had to go five minutes. But I agree with your explanation. We have, a, we have a lot of questions to get through. John Moore, when, when is Barry Baker coming back on? I don't know, when you piss him off again. Right now, you got two guys yeah. that dislike you, Jeff Keaton and Barry Why Baker. Jeff dislike me? Jeff's always disliked you, but now he, he's, oh. he, you know, he's looking for, he's oh, looking no. for some uh, comments I think, on his I think, Facebook. We should have yeah. you and JQ versus Keaton and Baker. I don't know how I'd moderate that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to have like um, uh, you know discussing what's great about RC with Baker podcast because Barry Baker is he he knows deep in his heart that I'm right you know and he knows deep <laughs> in his heart that we agree on most things you know because he's a smart guy I can see it but he he just has you know. He wants to be, you know, not agreeing with us because we are on the opposite well, side. Well, Keaton you know? ripped you a new one on uh, Corey Jordan's podcast. What did he say? Oh, uh, you got to go listen to it. I mean, he brought up some good points about uh, uh, some of the companies and drivers, which I appreciate. But uh, you know, Keaton, he just he has a, he has a he he definitely has something for you. Yeah, but, I'm supposed uh, to he, do a podcast with Corey, but. Christmas and all the shit I had to do kind of fucked us up. So maybe yeah. I, we were supposed to do a podcast shortly. So maybe you'll see me on there. Yeah. Can, Shout out to my boy, EKG24000. Yeah. All right. Benjamin James uh, asks, who is going to win Mod at Clash of Champions, which is a big 10 scale race that's happening at Who's the Hobby Plax this weekend? Mod will have coverage. I'm geeking out over this. Um, I'm going to be a fan. Simple. I'm going to have Dakota fan. Yeah. Mod. I don't think. For 10 scale in America, you just always pick Fent at this point. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> like, much. Well, well. But uh, it's going to be a lot of 10 scale on the podcast. This, and we're actually going to hey, have what? a recap. Talking huh? about 10 scale, does Mayfield, is Mayfield quitting 10 scale? Is he, is he Someone ma- mentioned this to me today, but uh, I'm, I don't see that happening. Don't see it happening. We'll talk about he, that he, in silly season. Is he going gonna... to this race? No, he's not. But Ty is. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, well, Ty, Ty goes to races when he can. And get oh, out gosh. Of Canada. Dallas Hoover. Another question from Dallas. He races mainly 10 scale carpet. What 8 scale car drives more like a 10 scale car, a ball cup car, or a C hub car? And what diff fluids, diff fluid weights would you recommend to make the car handle more like a 10 scale car? Thanks for the podcast, Max. Two minutes or less. Well, the thing is, um, 
TLR is probably the most 10 scaly eight scale buggy. The issue with that is due to the fact that our tires are very different, they if you want eight scale buggy to handle well, it doesn't handle like a 10 scale buggy. Uh, wider, shorter car relatively, and um, more weight relative to the tire, you know, surface area. So, and also bigger tires in like um, diameter. So effectively for eight scale, you don't really have a way to getting a 10 scale type car, but TLR is probably the closest, but TLR is a very aggressive, hard to drive a car. Um, yeah, I'd say pivot ball cars are definitely not the way to go if you want to feel like 10 scale. So Seahawk car, um, I mean, obviously I'm going to suggest Mayako because it's more tunable. But um, yeah, HP, TLR, Mayako, probably your best bet. Heavy diff fluids? Oh yeah, forgot about that. Depends on the car. Like if you buy a Mayako, like something like 151010 or 151005. Um, if you buy um, a TLR, actually not sure about TLR. I have to say, I don't know what diffs they use, but for um, HP, probably something like 753, something like that. Okay, good stuff. And Max, this is because different size uh, gears inside the disc. Right, and different there's size a, diff cups as well. Yeah, there's a proper reason for it, which I'm not going to go into. If you want to know why, go to my channel, check out the video called Differentials Part 2. So type into YouTube, Maximort RC, and check out the video called Differentials Part 2. That was a really shameless plug. But yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Magnus Bergland, who's freezing his balls off in Sweden. All changes in chassis makers, all the changes in the chassis makers, does it mean that no one really cares about what chassis they're going to run or they just go after as little money there is? Is there a chassis that's above the rest? I think it's a little bit of both. I think they go after money in some (laughs) cases. It's just money for some guys. Yeah. Um, And in some cases, I think they go after chassis that they like, but then, I mean, sometimes, sometimes they go to chassis that they like the most and has the most money as well. Yeah. So it's a little you know mix what? of everything. I already gave my answer, but the thing is when I answer questions quickly, now everyone's going to be like, Oh, Max is so arrogant. No, I'm just answering your questions quickly. So what was your answer? Yes to everyone. You know, there is a better car than others. Mayako. And, oh my um, God! Are you just you just like really <laughs> shamelessly like I'm like this is my uncle podcast? No, All right. but I mean seriously. I mean, the thing is, if I had thirty minutes to answer every question, I could have really good answers to. We'd and have a ten-hour podcast. We would have ten-hour podcast, but like I would just I would just tell why. But now I don't okay. have the time. So blame Keenan for me being arrogant. Okay. Okay. There we go. Benjamin James, what do you think about an eight-scale nitro race going to a two-metal format for the A main? Think double 20, 30-minute races instead of a single 45, 60-minute main. I'm all for it at some races. No problem. Yeah, I still I like think, my long yeah. mains, but I still like double mains. We can have them. Yeah, Not I a think, problem. I think it's 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 good. Good choice for some races, but definitely not all races. I do prefer I the long mains, but definitely some races could use it. 
Okay. Zach Ryan down in Australia pissed off at Femka because they just announced that he's compl- he was complaining about the organizations down there. They've announced the Femka race. It's in, uh, I think, in uh, wherever Scott Yang is. So that's Taiwan, I think, or Thailand, whatever. So that's in March. And tickets are like $2,300 Australian. Uh, he wants to know how many kits does a company need to sell to pay for a pro? And then Adrian Bartin times in depends the price of the pro. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on these guys' salaries, but that's a lot of kits they got to sell. Yeah, but the thing is, it really depends on the price of the pro. If you're hiring a Mayfield, Ronafal, this type of level driver, it's going to be hundreds, hundreds of kits easily. If you're hundreds signing thousands, I would say. No, not that much. But like, it's going to be quite a lot of kits. Like a thousand plus. Yeah. But if you're say. signing a driver, like, you know, I don't know, a guy who gets, gets by, you know, that type of driver, they don't have to sell that many. It's like, I mean, it's still, it's still hundreds, but probably less than a half or that of those top guys. I don't know the exact numbers, to be honest. Uh, Tommy Long. Like, it's definitely like we're talking like 1500 at least. For yeah, because you're, I think people have to understand that also that uh, a lot of the salary, yes, is not all of these chassis companies are paying big salaries and some salaries have to be paid. But a lot of the contingency, a lot of the other salaries come in like you know, travel and all that stuff is split oh, between yeah. other it's, races it's, too. It's pretty much like, like mo- for most of these guys, it's like fifty percent of for salary, and then the last fifty percent for contingency. Travel. Oh, travel more. Travel split yeah. between a lot of the other other yeah. companies. All right. Oops, sorry, my mic's falling. Tommy. Oops. Tommy Long wants to know. What happened to sportsmanship? There's always a group that holds up the program at big races should they get penalized. If it's through uh, Tara Marshland, then we've had this discussion many times too. Just, and I, I can't count how many times I go to races and RDs have to have to call out for Tara Marshalls. It's yeah. just, just, it's bad race etiquette. That's, you know, just bad race etiquette. You don't see it. Yeah. It's a big problem in American racing. I'm going to tell you. So yeah, it's 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 um well it's a cultural thing. All right, uh, Joe Zaire Jr., how much should I charge my OnlyFans to support my racing this summer, <laughs> and how much should I do I have to show? Well, you're racing fifth skills, so you got to make a lot of money. You're gonna have to go, yeah. you're gonna have to get shaved up and go f- full balls out, yeah. Savage Joe. Yeah. Savage so my Joe. suggestion, my suggestion for you is to make more personalized content that way you get much more money so <laughs> make content so that you have a basic subscription that is pretty cheap so people see like get to know about you and then you make very personalized content like let's say a very special type of video or something and then people can pay extra for that you know kind of like tipping so that's the best <laughs> way to make money on OnlyFans. oh my god uh joe zaire the host of ran out of talent he's going to raise fifth scale Peter Bartel, my good friend down there in South Carolina. Why do four-wheel drive buggies tend to have a heavier sway bar in the rear than the front? He said this is the opposite of two-wheel drive two-wheel drive buggies on the road, RC and full-scale RC cars. Four, four, full-scale cars. Yeah, uh, biggest thing is uh, our cars are more often than not the rear heavy, 
and um, also the tires in the rear are much bigger whereas full-scale cars usually have the same or at least similar size tires front and rear and um, yeah I, I guess he said like I guess he compared to like touring cars uh, those are quite front heavy so those are the biggest things so rear heavy cars and uh, bigger tires in rear and uh, okay. for eight scale for eight scale off-road it's mostly because like it's re- it's a bit rear heavy but yeah i don't i don't really have a one way of explaining it but usually it's due to you know leverage and um, offset differences and stuff like that all right cool um thanks for the question there peter Sorry, we have breaking news going on while I'm doing this. Uh, Cavalry to uh, raw speed. I think we have some breaking news coming up here shortly about Tebow as well. So when that breaks, we'll know. Or we'll just break it here because <laughs> nobody's going to see this till tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Cav to raw speed. That's probably the only place he had left to go. Um, that's, that was a bad comment, but that's very true. Uh yeah. I'm looking for one question. I can't find it. I had it there, but I can't find the rest of it was from my buddy Austin Schaefer. It's more about silly season. Uh let me go through her. Uh do we have any more questions? Brett Ryan, any differences between quality and brands of diff and shock oil? Do you know anything, Max? Yeah, yeah. So the Japanese oils have usually been the best uh like Nugan Kyosho oils. But those are expensive as fuck, so <laughs> not a many, not many people use them. Um, like TLR oils have been pretty good for the shocks, but I'm not a huge fan of the the what you call the weight uh, scale. I don't know what you call it, but CST is much better measurement of the shock. Um, yeah, most of the oils are quite similar, like Ultimate, uh, Ultimate, TLR, AE, um, those are the oils that I have used for a while, and I haven't had, haven't had any, any issues with those. Um, definitely for dips, I do find, uh, oh, XTR is a good oil too, um, but, uh, yeah, definitely haven't had that much issues with that for this i've used Negan oils for for a bit uh i do find they are a slight bit better for the diffs. i don't know if you're mute but i can't hear you all right sorry uh because i'm looking at the questions i'm picking through the questions i'm listening to yeah. you but i'm doing that and i put myself on mute Billy Carl asks why people assume Cav is done because he signed to WRC. We'll talk about that. Justin Hugley wants to know when the next big trip I have planned. We'd love to get you to our Cheyenne showdown, spend some time in the Wild West. I'd love to get to races too. We got to figure out how we can get me there. Uh, Charlie Mack wants JQ's take on Horizon Hobby RPP. He's all about it. Um, that started a whole debate after that. Coach Jeff Warner, will he talk about who wins silly season often? Which company do you think is not having a good silly season? Took more or less than gains. Mm, um, I don't know. We'll we'll do that up. We'll do a final. We'll yeah. we'll figure that out. Remember that question, uh, Devin Bira. Who's your favorite to win the 2020 23 Worlds being on U.S. soil? 
um, well, I have I have this on the notes later on. So I think we'll discuss this later on too. Okay, uh, Chris Trudeau for with the silly season. Oh, uh, sorry, Jay Zona is Max going to race more this year? And what races is he planning? Short answer. Um, Euros next year, racing in Finland. Um, I do plan on racing more, uh, but I have not yet confirmed like what type of calendar I'll have. But probably more. You got school focused. too. Yeah, I got school. I I probably gonna have some work, <laughs> so I'm gonna probably focus a bit on social media, and I will be racing next year abroad. Like I was supposed to race this year or last year, but got sick before the Euros, got sick before the World. So <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. Uh, Chris Tradu, so for 2023, what silly season changes was looking like the dream team among the manufacturers. We'll talk about that. Uh, we, we talked our Discord questions. We we talked about the rotating back plate that was asked about. And I think that's all our questions for this week. Like that I said, a lot, a lot of them were silly. Yeah, and a lot of them we skipped because they're silly season yeah. questions. So thank you, everybody, for the questions. It's been some time since we've done that, but uh, we appreciate it, and uh, remember, this is now the Invisible Speed Bench Racing Q&A. Check out InvisibleSpeed.net for the book and all the online courses and uh, make your speed visible. All right, Max, now it's time to talk about our favorite time of the year, the silly season. It seems like every year people get more excited about this. Um, I don't, I can't count how many messages people have been messaging me about this. I don't know who got this silly season all hyped up, but um, that person did a pretty good job of it. But uh, <laughs> silly season is booming. Uh, it, it seemed it was a quiet, uh, quiet silly season. We have talked about moves. We have talked about, uh, you know, the moves like Badiego, and he was one of the first ones. Then obviously the move with uh, Mayfield to Techno. We will touch on those briefly as we talk about this, but lots of moves made over her in the Christmas break. And while we was away from uh, recording, uh, lots of, lots of moves, chassis moves, tire moves. Uh, uh, there, there's lots of moves that haven't even finished and they're still out there. Like they're breaking yeah. every day, sometimes three, four moves a day. So uh, if we miss something, it's because we, it's just so much going on. We're going to try and get through these as fast as possible and not spend too much time on them. So we're going to start with Chassis. And uh, first off, we're going to start out with Mugen. And in notes here, so we have the big names out, Mayfield and Battier. No surprises there with Battier being out. Mayfield, yeah. not a surprise because I knew this was happening uh, because of yeah. talks. Yeah, I uh, do think I do think like it, it is a bit of a surprise, like considering how well it went, but like knowing the behind the scenes, it's not. Mm-hmm. Surprise, you know? Yeah. Uh, they have in now the Killick brothers and Drake. Mm-hmm. I think Drake has, uh, I've said this before and I, I actually listened to Jeff Keaton and I agree with him too on this. He said, he thinks Mugen has two years where they don't need a top American driver mm-hmm. that wins races that they can still win on. They can still do well on, on namesake um, yeah. with Drake. Yeah. I think that's possible. I think in Europe, the Killick brothers are sufficient. And I think uh, like Jamie, the Clancy, Clancy and in the UK, uh, they do well. And the other Mugen drivers around uh, that Spain will suffer because they don't have a Mugen driver now. And Robert oh, was big for them. The Spanish speaking world, 
on its own was a big thing for Mugen, and now it's it's just gone. Like I don't think I don't think it will be a thing. Mugen will have and has had kind of the similar way of like everyone. Yes. Everyone yes. who didn't know anything just bought a Kyosho, you know, like that kind of thing. Like people who didn't have like a thing for a, a, a like particular brand, they bought a Kyosho before. Mm-hmm. Now in my mind, it has switched a bit to Mugen, you know. Yes, but yeah. they've gotten really expensive. Um, that is an issue, yeah. And that's a big issue with people. And now they had Mayfield, who won, and Robert, who had Legacy. Who won the, the last worlds up to up to now? Drake is still a very popular brand ambassador, and I think he will carry that flag. This isn't unusual. Um, Yugen has done this before. They bought up a uh, young Frankie Contreras Jr. from TLR, SoCo Fast Race, SoCal Fast Racer. I think it's 15, 16, maybe now. I think he he kind of burst out into the scene 2021 DNC at uh, which was held at Thunder Alley, and he won all three. Intermediate classes. I believe he made the main at the last this DNC last yeah, year. Yeah, twenty twenty. He's very good in SoCal. Very good yeah. in SoCal. We we've he needs to get out and go race at some of these other races, race time events. I hope this happens with Mugen. Not sure what his deal is. I don't think I, I personally don't think he should be getting paid. He's still young. Uh, I don't think he's at that level yet. He has yeah. to go out there and earn it. But maybe yeah. he gets a little bit of travel. Let's see if him being on a Drake's wing helps him. This is what a lot of people say. You remember when we heard that Mayfield, Mayfield, well, Drake was a big part of Mayfield's program. Let's see. Uh, Mugen has done this before. They've they've had a. I can see your girlfriend saying something to you. Yeah. Did she get me yeah. some tea as well? Uh, Mugen has had a, a a history of doing this. They've had semi pros with one pro at sometimes. We we go back to names like uh, Chad Bradley. Well, he was a pro driver for him. I think Jason Ashton was. Then they went through a few years where they had guys like Bobby Tillman, uh, uh, Drew Moeller is his name. Drew Moeller was with yeah. them. You know, they've had fast, young guys. Rodriguez was mm-hmm. another one. Penny, Denny was there. Tanner Denny. Yeah, Denny, Tanner Denny. Uh, Cole Ogden was there with him for the longest while. He was yeah, on, he at Mugen for the longest while. Or I think, did he leave TLR to go to Mugen? I, I can't remember. I, so, so they've I done this before. I think in the big scheme of things, best best moves for Mugen. I mean, in the, in the sense of now they don't have to pay Mayfield salary and Battier salary. I do think maybe a, a Burak is going to go full time, full time, somewhat like full time if a full time job. RC racer talking to Barkan yeah. the other day, so I expect him to get some salary. Obviously, they have to pay Drake. I mean, right now they, they got away with paying, I think, contingency and travel to some of these guys. And even with Barkan's school schedule, I'm sure with Frankie, he's still going to travel to every race. I think Mugen for the next couple years are okay, but they definitely at some point they will have to win some races. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely downscaled over the, like, they won't have that same, you know, Mugen feel to it. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy with a Mugen, like Kilich or. You know, right. Well, they won't have that. Like, they will have that guy, you know, but they won't have that, you know, team feel. I don't think anymore. I think they just won't have that guy who can win. I mean, don't, I mean, yes. Okay. We go to DNC. They're not going to have Mayfield there who can win the race. And I'm sorry. I like Frankie Contreras Jr., but I don't think he can win. I mean, anything can happen. I don't think he can win 
uh, DNC. Yeah. Not not this early out. And I don't think Borak and Barkan come in. And I wouldn't even consider them to win anyway. So I think that move is gonna hurt is is gonna hurt them a bit. I don't know if Mayfield takes a lot of people to techno with him. I think Drake still has a stronghold on that. No, so I, I don't, don't think, think they lose out too much think, there. I don't think Mayfield is the type of driver who moves people across brands just by switching brands. But the fact that if he wins every race, that will eventually get people over, you know? It, like, Ron is the type of driver who gets people to move just because he moves, you know? But I don't see Mayfield having that. I think it will it, it will happen over the years. Like, people will chose Techno when they could have chosen Mugen when Mayfield was there, if he still mm-hmm. continues to win races. But, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think now we can move into like speculating techno, right? Yeah, let's talk about techno. So that's effectively what happened. Like Mugen, Mugen's biggest star, uh, to techno. Yeah, he goes to techno. Um, they get rid of Tebow in the meantime to make this happen because I believe that Mayfield demanded a good, healthy paycheck. And oh, sure. Um, you know what? That man wins races, and he probably has earned that. So yeah. they got a they Effectively. got a they got a hired gun who has a proven yeah. record of winning. He's yeah. not on a downward spiral. He's not, you know, uh, he. This is Techno's best chance to win a, a, a nationals, uh, a DNC. They've mm-hmm. had in a long time. I'm not saying that the previous drivers couldn't do it, but this is Mariah Mayfield. He's the best in the world at this point, one of the best at the yeah. top three best in the world, probably yeah, I think number one or two or tied for number one in America right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I I put it in a way where techno has never had a tire tire a driver that is proven, you know, top three of the world, or let's say top five. To, to not get people angry. Proven top five driver in the world that is in his prime results-wise, yes. you know, because they had lots. He had those insane runs like 2014 Worlds, um, no, 2012 Worlds, and, um, you know, 2014 Roar Nats, and, like, good races, individual races here and there. Pro- like, a driver who could, like, do really well. And then he signed to Techno. And then they had like Born Horse, who were like a bit of an up and coming driver. But all of their drivers are either being sort of those guys who might make it to like really good, might not make it to really good. Or then like Debo, who was kind of, you know, struggling a bit. And then he switched to Techno. Mm-hmm. But now they get a, this is sort of a no excuse situation, you know, <laughs> like the guy who's in his prime switches and, you know, if he does good, good. If he doesn't, then it kind of like <laughs> proves that techno. It, it's hard to say this, but it kind of proves that it might not have been the drivers. It might have been, you know, techno that that has not why they won't get the success. You know, so if this is a, this is a in my opinion, this is a bit of a risk move to techno. I think that uh, yeah, I think with the money that is being paid to Mayfield. I think the amount of wins that he's had with the Mugen, this there's a lot of pressure for instant success. Instant oh, success. Sure. Yes. So like 
Do you feel if he doesn't go to DNC and doesn't okay, so I'm gonna say this. Uh if he doesn't sweep, okay, he doesn't have to sweep. If he doesn't win Nitro Buggy at he can win okay, let's say he wins E Buggy and Troggy, but doesn't win Nitro Buggy. Do you that's consider fine. this a success? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The thing the thing so, is so that even you, though So yeah, but even this is what's been, this like, is what's been eluding Techno yeah. though is that elusive Nitro Buggy win at one of these races. This is what they yeah. want to win. It is, but it's not that big of a deal. You know, like okay. here's the here's my thought process on this. So effectively techno has always had well, always being for the last what seven years at least, they mm-hmm. always had good top ten drivers um in Europe and in America. You know, Sanketin in Europe, then they had like Bornhurst Lutz. And then they had like this up and comers, which ended up being at the similar level of like what Bornhorst has been his whole time. So, like right now, it used to be Bornhorst, Lutz, Sanketin. And then it was like Thibaut, uh, Van Dalen, Jones. Um, yes. And, Bo- uh, like, and then, like, um, they didn't have anyone in Europe for a while. But right now, I think they have. The best team they could have ever imagined, you know, Mayfield, really? Mayfield, a known guy to drive well, no matter the car. Like you've never seen him not be quick. Like TLR, um, when he was at TLR, he was still one of the fastest guys. When he was at AE, that really, really outdated eight scale buggy, he's still fast, fighting for nationals and even the worlds. And then in um then when going to Megan having a really good buggy, he dominated. So he's a guy who can run well with any buggy. Mm-hmm. Uh Baruffolo started out with uh, TLR, went to RB, um, then went to uh X-ray. No, no, he went he has something between that. I get can't remember what he went between that, but he's never been like on a Mugen or a Kyosho or some like chassis that has been like, oh, this is the best chassis, you know, like universally agreed to this is a good chassis and stuff like that. He was an X-ray, which was a good car, definitely. But he has proven that even on techno, that some might say is like, even I would argue it's not as good as an X-ray, but he has still proven that he, for him, he can find a way to find good results. His results hasn't gotten any worse, in my opinion. Okay. So um, now they have now they have two drivers, one in Europe, one in America, who are one of the fastest in the world and can definitely win big races. They still have one Dalen who has promise. Uh, they still have Wiggins who has surprisingly been one of the top guys. Uh, that was a nice one. That was a nice sort of a <laughs> expose of what we're going to talk about next. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Right now, they have two sort of drivers you don't really have to pay a salary that are still good, and two really, really fast drivers that can get you that, you know, at the best case, you know, Roar National Championships or a European a European um, European Championship win, you know? Okay. So, so they are at the best situation they've ever been, in my opinion, but it also is a bit risky. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a two-edged uh, sword, kind of. Most definitely, because 
if he doesn't, if he isn't instantly fast, it's just gonna, you, you know, the internet is gonna go crazy. It's yeah. kind of like the same thing if, uh, okay, so when we compare what Ronald Falk did with the Mayako, but it was a completely new chassis, like everything had to be learned, you know, that yeah. level of driver driving that car. The techno has had many levels of drivers driving a car. I still think yeah, Miami Fields the fastest guy. I think he's he's going to have a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think techno has a lot to prove, and they they are probably wanting nothing but victory. I would say that yeah. for them, success would be either winning all three or winning Nitro Buggy. They've won E Buggy and Truggy yeah. a, a few times, I believe. But yeah, I think. But- Mayfield's just going to get it done. Now, what happens with Mayfield's 10th scale future? We're not sure. That's yeah. a big question mark I, I, at this yeah, moment. I don't know. I, I, I heard he got offered a deal by Schumacher, but he didn't accept. Right. Um, and what I've so, heard from Techno is that they are not coming out with a tool drive. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that in the 10th scale segment. Uh, but um, yeah, I have to say that if I, if I was, you know, involved in techno you know somewhat some way i'd mm-hmm. be like okay now is the time to make this brand you know s- step out as we are one of the you know because they have they have done really well marketing wise they do well uh, like they have a brand a known brand mm-hmm. and they do good with that but now is the time where they can become uh sort of associated of the you know well not associated because they have such a long history but they can become like one of the you know brands that are going to be there are going to stay there as one of the top brands you know and become you know tlr associated level of the american brand history so it looks like his teammates are going to be marco baruflo who he wanted to throat punch a few years ago that's yeah. going to be interesting oh yeah that's interesting that's, that's going to be interesting to think, see how that works i don't think they're gonna have much like discussions like mayfield works works on his own Butterfly works on his own. Butterfly is not mm-hmm. even that good in English, so yeah, I don't think yeah, he's so. very good in English. Though he is, he is he very is. good in English. Yes, oh. uh, and then it looks like Seth and Dalen staying on. Obviously, Tyler yeah. Hooks left. I wonder if this is going to be a see a recession for Hooks back to techno now. I don't know. With with, the like, I don't know. Make... I don't know why. Like, I think Hooks moving out of techno was a bit, you know, like too soon. You know, like he should have just held it for another year. Because he knew Mayfield wasn't going to stay at Mayfield. He definitely must have known. So I don't must know. Must something. Yeah. So Maybe he was sent over there to, to convince him to go to Techno. <laughs> I don't Maybe know. Maybe that was what it was all about. To me, to me if Hooks I'm came joking. back to Techno, that would be that would be like there would be no more excuses left. Because he, like, say, say what you want about Tyler Hooks. He knows, like, how to market a brand how to you know make it make yourself at least see you know so i think having mayfield j and the thing is van dalen and wiggins are all under j concepts now so mm-hmm. this j concepts techno mm-hmm. link mm-hmm. is strong it's, there. it's gonna be it's like there. the mugen j concepts link when drake came over exactly exactly and uh, and yeah i think i think this i mean i i, I kind of hope that uh, Hooks moves back back to the techno camp, like for everyone's sake. Because I, I think you, I, I I do want techno to do well. Uh, like even though people might not believe that of me and JQ, but I I don't know JQ. I don't think JQ wants techno to do well. But I do want to see them succeed because 
I do think they have something unique, even though I don't agree with their design philosophy per se. But I think I do think they have something worth um, worth to see. Something. Well, they want to win, and they went out and got. I think the only other person that they could have signed that probably would do this would be Fend in America. Yeah, and they went out and got. They got. They went out and got the one of the biggest guns that are out there. But definitely, they go into DNC with lots well, I of. Think, yeah, I think this was the best move Techno could have made. Like, I think you have this down as the, the biggest yeah. move of Silly Season too. I have this down as the biggest move, and I have this down as the best move for all parties included. Okay. Okay. Paycheck, techno, te- like Techno couldn't couldn't have gotten a better driver if they went okay. all around the world. Like even Bronafog Fog to Techno would be a worse move than this, in my opinion. Right. I don't think it would have fit. Yeah. Um, do you think Mayfield wins DNC, Nitro Buggy? Yeah, I think we cannot. I think he's there. Um, I would be surprised if he's not in the top three. I'd okay. That much. I, I'm not going to say he's going to win because I do think they're, this year's DNC is going to be really tight mm-hmm. for the win. But I would be surprised to see Mayfield not be in the top three or at least not fighting for the win. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, congratulations to Ryan Mayfield and Techno. We look forward to what they're going to do. We've got SIC coming up next weekend, so we'll be following that. Uh, the move that has created... So, if you would have told me back in 2018 that uh, when I was working for JQ Racing, which isn't anymore, and let's just basically say, like, uh, what would have... If Mayako wouldn't have bought out JQ and all that stuff, what would have been, you know... Like, if you were to tell me 2018 that JQ would be signing or, uh, you know, JQ would be involved in signing not just Rana Falk, but signing Robert, who's been uh, absolutely great for my I watched him working already. But now to sign another top pro, and then this pro of all of them, who was a bit of a shock when I, I remember when um, JQ sent me the message and asked me about this. And it was it was I've known about this for a few months, uh, but it's been kind of like you know iffy, 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 iffy. I haven't really been bothered too much. And obviously on the on the South American tour, I was privy to mostly everything because I was there all the time, so I knew what was going on. But uh, as we release this podcast, this hasn't. So as we're doing this, this hasn't been released to the public yet, mm-hmm. but it is probably the most hype move of silly season, and that is, boom, there we go. Mr. Jared Tebow to uh, Techno. I'm Techno. That, I messed that up. <laughs> Jared Tebow to... Uh, no, Jared Tebow. No, I, I like keep that. That's a perfect lefty bumble. <laughs> Jared Tebow to Mayako. So this yeah. was what everybody speculated. It was fun. I, I, look, I'm not going to lie. I knew he's been at Mayako for quite some time. Um, but I, I couldn't say anything. I was sworn to secrecy by Robert and, J- and JQ and all this type of stuff. And literally, as I before I came to record on this, like JQ's like, oh, I'll send you the press release. And, you know, I got I just got this. We hadn't got the video. I know JQ's making a video for him or has made a video for him. But hey, man, Jared Tebow to Mayako for 2023. He also made some changes in his engine program ultimate and as well as hot race tires uh i've seen him drive the car i'm so i'm so far ahead look dude i had spy footage of tebow 
practicing at Hobby Plax on the day after that JQ and Robert didn't have. How do you like that? <laughs> That's I good. had that, yeah. and I showed them that. I said, like, look, look at Tebow in the car, and he looked good. He, he likes the car. I believe he's going to SIC next weekend. Yeah. He wants to go to that race. He's super eager. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, I think this was I think people will be surprised, but a lot of people think that it, that he's already at my Mayako, so a lot of people won't be that won't be surprised by it. But it was funny watching the Discord and watching different comments, like, "Oh, he's to AE." Uh, so yeah. I've had a I've got a proven source that he's going to AE, and then like I know like the NPC members and Mayako know that it's her because they got introduced to him last week, I believe. So. It's funny to see all of that. I like that Tebow played into it as well. And then, yeah, you yeah. know, then it was funny. Like in a Discord, people would say, look, there's there's a clue in her. And then I would play that. And I, I really enjoyed playing that this year. I'm sorry, guys. I couldn't I couldn't talk about this because I was held at secrecy. And I had to. It was totally off the record. But yeah. Tebow Tomayako, he's like, also going to be the community. Uh, let's see. Let me find that. Oh, where did it go? The community manager, yeah. Community manager. Yeah. So oh. the thing the thing um, that I'm like the most impressed by is like a year ago, well, a bit over a year ago, like we were wondering if Mayako is gonna have a pro or like a top pro, you know, world champion level pro. And now Mayako has three, you know, Ronafog, Bate, and uh, Tebow. So that to me is kind of crazy to imagine. Um, you know, Joseph was really excited about this too. He he took yeah. him a few days to believe that this was happening. Maybe as a South America is like, yeah. wow, I can't believe that Tiba is going to be driving a Mayako. I can't believe it. Yeah, like, I do think I do think though Mayako was or or is the perfect home for, uh, especially like for Ronafol first of all because he wants to make a difference he wants to do things mm-hmm. you know, his way not like to be you know just a driver for a brand but to be someone who represents a brand more more than that and for robert and tebow who have built themselves a brand exactly already, tebow as a jtp and robert as you know one of the biggest faces of the spanish speaking world in rc uh, so those two things, you know, fit perfectly to the Mayako, you know, brand. Because Mayako is about a community. It's about, you know, uh, having that, you know, that their guys. It's a, a thing people build up together. And I think this is the perfect move for all the parties included. You know, Mayako, Tebow, Barrier, Mayako, you know. So, I don't know. I, I already talked to Jared and he's he's super pumped and... Yeah, I talked to him the other day. Um, he really yeah. likes the Discord. He was like, I never knew yeah. this existed. And I was like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I said, I, I felt the same way when I first kind of got in it and discovered it. And it's like, it's such a good tool. And so he, like like Robert, he has to work. So he's going to be dealing yeah, with okay. customers and doing all this type of stuff. And he's going to be, I believe he's going to be like a, a distributor or service center for oh, yeah, through JTP. Right. And then what he's done, he's it's it's been he's also been had a, a kind of an instant effect where I know he's going to bring people on because he has a following. And 
I don't think there's that much pressure on him to win instantly at this case because he wants to win. So I talked to him and he says, I can still win. I, I, my issue has always been, I have the pace. I just lack the consistency. He seems to really like this car already from the testing that he's done. I know he went on to Thornhill. I don't know how it went there. I haven't talked to him. He's super pumped from SIC. But what's happened is I was talking to his friends who I know. And they're like, dude, I'm never seeing him this excited. So I'm I'm super happy to see this. I'm happy for Robert. Uh, you know, obviously talking to him uh while I was out there and his thoughts, and he's out there tirelessly working on the car and getting doing what he's gonna do. Yeah. So and then of course Rana Falk. I think we have yeah. I think now Mayako went from not having a pro to probably one of the <laughs> yeah. strongest eight scale teams put together in a in a long time. Yeah. And to me, the the thing that to me makes this move for Robert and for Kivo much better than any other move they had available or could have even had available is because when Kivo was at Techno, he was sort of the guy who had to come up with his own setup. He didn't have, you know, obviously there's Wiggins and people test a lot of stuff, but he didn't have someone to go off of. Now they have, you know, Joseph who has created a car who really, really knows what how cars work. I mean, obviously I'm at Mayako too. And there's like Rana Park, lots of people who are really passionate about, you know, product design and, and you know, Robert is too, to be honest. And Robert as well. So and for both of these drivers, Robert, like I can say, I don't know, Robert will <laughs> get mad at me for saying this, but for a long time. He has definitely been struggling with the Mugen on certain conditions. And he has said that himself, that he has to find a way to set up the car differently. But at Mayako, he's given sort of a, a fresh fresh start. And then he has someone to guide him, like Joseph, to guide him um, to a setup where he can succeed. So not only do I think this is sort of a, a good match, like um, visually or optically, but I do sincerely believe that this gives better opportunities to both of these drivers to also succeed in their personal racing. Exactly. Not only their personal racing, but transition into that. Because I still think that these guys still have, I would say Robert just went 35, Tebow's 35. Yeah. Uh, I say they, they have five have more years five, left in them. At least five years left yes. where they can race at you know peak level. Because yes. there's no... There is no proof that an athlete's athlete, especially in motorsports where your physical condition is not that uh, big of a deal, there's no evidence that an athlete is too old at 35. 40, maybe, but 35, no way. So that's what I think that now, with the right sort of circumstances, these two sort of can have their last hurrah in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited to see that. And uh, that's why I think for Mayako, these were big moves. I'd still say the Bayfield move was overall the biggest move and you know the best move of the silly season. But I think these two moves are the second. You know, Mayako's silly season was pretty good. And I'm saying this as objectively as I can. Obviously, I'm part of Mayako and excited about this. But anyone, like you can't be like, oh, this was a bad move for these parties i don't i don't i just don't see that yeah i don't think i I, and people just need to understand the dynamics behind these deals i i kind of know the ins and outs you do too 
uh, it's it's about transitioning to building their 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 next life in RC as well. Yeah. So we talked about drivers that ain't doing this. Well, these are two great examples of drivers that are doing this. Yeah. And following suit, building their brands, building their shop to continue. Another racer who has actually done a good job of this has been Yannick Igon and has been mm-hmm. Renault yeah. Savoya. So I think in my personal thoughts, I think talking to Tebow, he says, I can still win. He says, I can beat Ryan Mayfield. So he's confident about that. His friends are confident about that. So I say, well, let's see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be busy, focused on he's like a hot race dealer as well. So he's going to be dealing with, busy with that. So he's going to, it's going to be busy and his, him and his family are going to be busy. I'm happy to see it. People, I know people were like, well, how are him and, and Tebow going to get along? JQ, believe it or not, when it's time to shut up and do things, he can do it. Um, yeah. He's probably going to have to ease up on his, his Christian jokes and stuff, but, uh, yeah, but I he think, knows I think what you have to do. And people, people don't really understand, like, even though Jared and Joseph disagree on some things very drastically, it's not like they are very different people. Both have a goal to be successful in RC. Both, you know, have big worth ethic to work in, working towards that. And, you know, it's not like these people are, like, not going to get along, you know? Just because they disagree about about some, like, God, that's not something that, pe- like, adult people should get their panties in a twist. Like, <laughs> these are adults, and there's no, like... I, I've never seen, you know, what people assume, that, oh, Tiva and Joseph hate each other. I don't... I just don't see that. Well, I think it's, it's just things that have been said over the years. But who who hasn't said anything bad about jq and who jq hasn't said anything bad about so it's hard to say anything <laughs> yeah. all right uh, i think great move for them i look forward to seeing what tebow does at sic i know a lot of the american guys are happy because they were i remember everybody saying that Mayako needs a top american pro well, here you go let's see what Tebs can do we'll get him on the podcast maybe next week we'll see if he's not too busy getting ready for sic and talk about it and we'll get jq on to talk about it as well all right. Congratulations. I'm pumped about that too, to be honest. I like Tebow. S-Works. Wow. I have to say this, Max. Um, S-Works as a brand is definitely growing in America. It's, it's, uh, I think Brent and Beach has a lot to do with that. Tim's been working very hard. This year, I see a lot more regional people dry, joining S-Works. The rumor is that's where uh, Brandon Rose is headed. But they made some moves in Europe as well. Mattia Polito, a lot of people may not know who Polito is, but uh, he's a very fast young Italian driver. He did make the Euro finals in 2019. He was in the semis at this recent Worlds, I believe. Yeah, he's, and, he's one of the drivers that people don't really know about, but he's probably like the fastest driver out of Italy after Barofolongaro and Perton, you know? Like he's the he's the guy who finishes on the podium almost every single national, you know. Yeah. Like it's always like he rarely wins. I have to say that, but he's always there. Like he at least beats one of those top three of in Italy. Your thoughts on this move to S Works? Uh, just another like S Works teams ever increasingly growing. No, but I think. Uh, Not, no, he be the top even... W. He be the top guy in Italy now for them though. But he was the top Kyosho guy too. 
Yeah, so but definitely better than Kyosho, I would say at this point. I I'd say I'd say the thing is this because for Masterworks, uh, Valente also moved out. Mm-hmm. I'd argue Valente is slightly worse than Polito. Like if you look at international results, mm-hmm. um, so overall a good move for Sworks because I think the deal is most likely very similar. Um, uh, yeah, so I I don't say Sworks you know grew or made big you know strides this year. I think this was sort of a zero sum you know uh, silly season for Sworks. They didn't grow. They didn't get smaller. I think the big you know what they did do. They on, grew on, regionally. They did yes, good exactly. there. Yes. yes. So that's that's what I think. That's that was what, what I wanted to say about Sworks is they have sort of graduated from the face of just getting new team drivers, getting their name out there, to now making their ground in RC. You know, they they have established Sworks is here. It's gonna stay, and now they sort of are building the structure. That how it's gonna stay, you know, American distribution. Uh, if Brandon Rose, which is likely signs, they have much more increasing American presence with Hackett, Bornhorst, Rose, Cabinet Lime to some extent. So yeah, they have uh, like a good American presence. Then they have Boots, Canas, uh, Polito. Oh, and your Newman. Well, he, Newman, yeah. Well, he's now running the ten scale stuff officially with yeah, them. Yeah, the, yeah. And so that's I the think, other level. They are really pushing on the ten scale side of things. Yeah, yeah. I we'll talk about that in the ten scale part of the podcast. But yeah, definitely S works is. And now Kobovic. they sort of, yeah, Kobu was added to their uh, eight scale uh, lineup as well. I don't think he's that big of a name, but he's definitely a bonus for on for carpet. He's lineup. fast, dude. Oh yeah, but Kovarik is still staying with Schumacher on ten scale. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like, I don't know what he does in eight scale. Yeah, but yeah, in, yeah. Um, in eight scale, he's never been as good as in ten scale, but he's still fast, obviously. But I'd say it wasn't it wasn't like a like a killer silly season for Esperks, but it was like yeah, like Esperks should be happy because they already had a good team. Now they well, yeah, well, for example, they, they picked up uh, young Joey Bardon from Techno. Good regional driver oh, in yeah, the southeast. Yeah. Not sorry, Joey, but on sorry, sorry, Joey, sorry, David Olson. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I always like when I say young, I'm thinking of, but I know David is from South Carolina. He has been doing really well regionally in southeast. Yeah. Uh, good move for him. He's been running a lot of ten scale yeah. stuff. That's I where think, they picked up yeah. a lot of people in yeah. that type of level. I think. I think this silly season was sort of the proof that S works. Is now Her considered, yeah. It's considered as one of the big brands, you yes. know, in people's sense. It's like, like before, it was like, should I go to AETLR? Like, if you're American, should I go to AETLR or should I chose you know lesser known brands? And then Sworks was in those lists. But these days, it, it's like, yeah, Sworks is one of the big brands, I think, in America at, uh, at this point, and uh, definitely in Europe also. I so, agree with you. I do think S works. This citizen sort of proves that S works. You know, has. We also have Kyle McBride over in Australia, still running. Yeah, S-Works. he's he's stay, still staying for us. <clears throat> so, yeah. Okay, I have. A, I, mm, I, there might be some changes in S works. We'll see. I don't know. I've heard some rumblings about one of their top drivers that might be leaving. And let's not forget, they have JCC, who's considered one of the top five uh, 
eight scale races in the world. Good year for S Works. I think if if Brandon, if the rumors are true that Brandon Rose does go here, I think it's a good move for him. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he's been wanting to be on a bigger team, and I think uh, he's going to get what he wants with this. And let's see what he can do. It's that or HB. They keep saying. All right, uh, let's move on. Congratulations to S-Works Team Associated. You say it's a silent, silly season, but really it's got a few things. Okay, I think the biggest thing for me was Cole Tallard out at AE. He's moved on to TLR uh, in the stock rankings. Another big move was, but he's more like prior, uh, more like factory tracks associated was Calgo. He's a really fast stock racer. Was factory tracks and associated for the longest while. That's like Alan Horn and and uh, where Aiden Horn comes from, like the private, like the privateer team. Going when straight to TLR. To talk, when we have to talk about stock racers, you just prove my point that it was a pretty silent season for us. So <laughs> but I I enjoy stock, so I'm geeking out on stock now. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, I, I think uh, for sure stock is a big part of like marketing in, but in I'm like, just, the customer base, but. Like in terms of professional racing, asylum. But I'm just you putting that out there to say what they what they gained on that side. Uh, Bar- um, we'll talk about TLR in a bit, and then we have so he's out. So um, Tallard who's out, who I considered very good, but you know they have Tallard, they have Evans, they have Horn, and they have Rivkin, For, and those are all yeah, predominantly ten scale drivers. Yeah, I to me. The issue was that, you know, they already have Evans, Evans and Rivkin who are like, they should be the top 10 skill guys. And then they have Horn and Tom. Oh, Horn's better than Rivkin than, than, than Evans. He's doing better than Evans. Okay, yeah, but okay. Evans just but went to JC. I think that's going to boost his, his career a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like they already have four guys that should be making all of the A-mains and winning and podiuming these races. So that's too much. In my opinion, these days in ten scale, you know, right. So Tallard out, but I and I think Aiden still ten scale. He he can be fast in eight scale, but I still think like AE is missing that. Okay, they have Ungaro, but he's not coming over yeah. to America. But they're missing that. I'm not saying they get Rivkin, but they need. It seems like they need that eight scale driver to accompany Rivkin. Um, I think yeah, Aiden can do it. I think I think Horn uh, Tallard could have done it. But I was very surprised at this move. I really like CFT. And I'm happy that he landed at TLR. He looks super happy. TJ Eller, who has been the guy who designed the latest eight-scale platforms, they didn't design both of them, was the leader or a big part of the electric buggy and the new, the new buggy. Yeah, so basically, He's basically out. he was the like lead designer or whatever, okay. whatever they call that. But basically he was the guy who drew all the cars and, and stuff for at least the eight scale. I do believe they have a separate guy for 10 scale. Okay. Uh, they have a few people um, who make like a lot of design decisions, like what, what they should do. But uh, TJ is the guy who like draws the parts. Well, you know, does all that engineering side of things. Um, okay. So, yeah, he was he was quite a big part of it, and uh, it's funny that uh, I don't know if people remember this, but it was I did a year ago, two years ago, when Joseph said that Associated does this, where they hire a guy who just graduated graduate from school, that mm-hmm. they keep him until he knows that he can get better pay for somewhere else, 
and then they get a new guy. <laughs> and that's exactly what, what happened. What it looks like is that's exactly what happened. Um, yeah, I, I don't think TJ was sort of TJ wasn't like a Kanai or a JQ associated. Right. But the fact that he was there for I believe at least five years, um, uh, and he like just as he sort of gotten used to the brand, like understands the cars like pretty much in and out at this point. Now they have to find a new guy. Yeah, it's gonna um, go make real money. Yeah. So it's 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 unfortunate for AE and uh yeah I don't uh, I, I I would I would say that I'm not too hopeful for them. But let's see what they figure out. I hope I hope they take this more seriously, like the designing effect a part of the car. The, the other move that uh, came back to AE was Brunson after one year at HB. Yeah. Going back to Associated. Now, I think that 2022 was Brunson's best eight scale year to date. I think yeah. he made almost yeah. every final in America. He had top five pin finishes. He really liked the HB car. I do know he's moved to Arizona. I know his good friends with Rivkin. Yeah. Is he going to take over that spot and try to be the one, two, eight scale drivers? Is he going to race eight scale a lot? What a crazy move. Did he just go to HB to spy? That's what people said. But no. one year at HB, really liked it. I heard he had some issue. I heard he might have had some issues with people there. One of the reasons he left as well. But welcome back to Associated with Open Arms. I think, yeah. if he, I think if he hits it hard like he did this year, he, yeah. can, he can still do well. Uh, I, but he's, I don't see Jackson Brunson winning my, any races. My guess is that because he moved away from Florida, he kind of, he definitely, like, he's, I, I see him racing motocross, and, like, I do believe he has a real job. So what I see this move as is he went to HB to see what could come of it. He understood that, hey, I like to hang out with Rivkin and these guys, and now he's just, like, he's racing semi-seriously still, but he's not, like, trying to pursue becoming a pro or anything. Um so I, I think this is a move where he just like likes to be at AE more. Oh well, Cameron died. Oh but, well, yeah, we got a lot more to go. So yeah, but, all right. Yeah, I think I think this. I think uh, basically the move is like he just enjoys the AE team better, and he wants to hang out with like Rivkin and these guys, and that's why he moved back. Okay, I think that's all I have to say about AE on that front. I don't really have much more to say about them. Yeah. Let's go on to next in the list. You have Nima Racing, Brandon Rose out, Tyler Jones in. Now, this was a surprise switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that Brandon, I think even um, Nemo knew that Brandon wasn't happy and he was openly looking for other rides. I know he's looking at Mayako. Uh, I, I mean, I just mm-hmm. heard John and what the guy said, oh, if we can keep him. So I think he wanted he wanted to be on a bigger team. We know that. I know that was one of his big points. He wanted it's a lot of pressure to be the one person on that team. Okay, he had Lee Martin, but he's the early person in America. Yeah, and it, he yeah. was he had good so. performances, but had too many DNFs, too many gremlins. I want to say that Jones did not. I I said this and I'll say it over again. I think he had a better year at Nemo when he was there for that year than he had in the two years at Techno. Because Jones didn't yeah. really do anything yeah. at Techno, I think. I mean, he he, he had pre- few good 
qualifiers at DNC. That's about it. Yes, glimmers of of brilliance, but n- no, yeah. no, no cigar in the in the end. And then he got gobbled up in that whole the, the whole amount of talent that was at Techno at that time. Yeah, and I think he's gonna. I think this is like you have it in your notes. This is his last chance to establish establish himself as a full time pro. I think mm-hmm. he works part time or has a full time job and does this. I see he's going to be racing a lot of 10 scale as well. So I'm not sure what company is going to race him if they're probably sure. Um, I think, I think this is a good move for, for Nemo. Um, unfortunately, I don't think uh, in America, the issue is it's, it's just, it's just like, it's been very hard for Nemo to catch one. And I think uh, with S works having the money to spend and give people good deals, it's, 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 it's like Nemo hasn't never really gotten to that stage in America where you were, it has gotten almost there at some points, but never mm-hmm. really gotten there to where I would yeah. say, you know, look at S works has way more money involved. I mean, mm-hmm. but with this new car, the N one coming out, uh, which is popular because people it's new. We got to mm-hmm. see how that's going to perform. We're going to see how Jones is going to perform. We're going to see it on these American tracks. It's going to be interesting for Nemo and Jones, I think. Yeah, in my mind, this is this is sort of the perfect move for both parties because effectively they're switching at drivers between similar skill levels. I'd argue Jones is even a little bit better than Rose. Mm-hmm. So I'd argue in Nemo's case, they probably had a, uh, well, let's say similar level driver, which is hard to really say. But similar level oh, drivers. Hey, Bruce made more more finals than this guy, I would say, in the last two years. Yeah, but I mean, Rose is good, man. Week. Don't sleep on B Rose. Rose, Don't sleep on him. Rose is good for sure, but I think Jones has showed more hope throughout the years. Well, he's that, won a big race. He's won PMB. Yeah. So the thing is, like, I do say, like, if I would have to hire one of those, like, I'd go for Jones because of. Only one reason, and that is it has been clear that he hasn't enjoyed his time at Techno. Like, be, like, I don't know if he's enjoyed like being in the team. That I don't really know about. But definitely the way he has raced for the past few years, it hasn't been like, oh, I love like racing and stuff like that. Like, especially if he's like put results first. So I think a fresh start, uh, you know, a change. I they argue the cars are pretty equal level. Maybe like the N one, I don't know how it handles, but that could if it if if it really is a good car, um, that could give him a little bit of an edge too, and also just the mental switch for him. So I think because of that, he might sort of get like this is my last chance. I'm gonna go all out. I'm just gonna have fun, you know. Not going to stress about, can I be a techno for another year, whatever, like whatever things that must have been in his mind. So he has his like fresh, good mindset going in. He knows that he can win big races. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good thing because when you think about Rose at, at Agama or at Nemo rather, like it was pretty clear he didn't, like he wanted to be a team as you said. And when you have that mentality, you're not putting 100% mental like uh, force into that thing. 
So I think it's a good switch for both parties. Both have sort of a mental reset. Both are happy to like be there. And uh, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I do think it's a good switch for, for Nemo Racing. I agree. I would. I think so too. I hope it lights a fire under Tyler's ass and he does what he has to do. Because there's yeah. been many guys like Tyler who have been on the cusp and don't make it. Mm-hmm. So many yeah. more. All right. Um, next up is WRC. Uh, I would agree with you. One of the biggest surprises signing Cav. So I thought, I honestly thought Cav done enough to stay at TLR 10 scale wise, but yeah. budget cuts played a bigger role than that. They also got Valente. Uh, also on the American side, they, they got Dylan uh, Kaufman, I think. Kaufman, who's the, he's going to be their manager. I think he's transitioned to that. And they also have Chris Morant, who is, uh, he's our driver. But he's also filling in as a manager as well. They seem to be getting their stuff going over there on the Senate RC with Matt Kennedy. Uh, I see this guy Billy Card. He he also was one of the questions. He's he seems to be a photographer. He's taking some great pics. I'm seeing WRC showing up. It slightly reminds me of JQ when we we started out, but without pro guys. Uh, yeah, I think and- I think better example is S Works. Yes, you said here you have similar to S-Rex in 2018. Also, yeah. in England, they have Lewis Jones. Yeah. Um, and now they Thank have you. Cavallari at this race, not at this at this company. They did have Lutz, but they had yeah. Lutz when he was it was on a different management, and that didn't work out too yeah. well. Yeah, I think, I think people are sort of like, if you really can't see the similarities between S-Works before they had all these top guys and uh, WRC right now. Like, it's it, like l- let's look at this. Like, when S-Works became a thing, like when Europeans, like, uh, when Europeans bought S-Works, basically, uh, after the Achusihara era of S-Works, um, they had... Lots of young, fast European drivers. Right now, they have Trevisan, who made the Euros last year. They have Valente, who has made the Euros mainly in 2019. Um, they have um, lots of regionally fast guys in, in Europe, like Louis Jones in the UK, you said. And now they have one sort of big name pro, which is Ryan Cavallari in America. S-Works had that too in 2018. Ryan Cavallari signed for them. The only like difference between S-Works and WRC is that S-Works had uh, boots in 2019. Um, oh, sorry. Cavallari joined S-Works in 20, 20, 2019. So basically, the only difference is that they don't have that one, you know, at the... Well, I wouldn't say boots was at the peak of his career, but like he was still a big name in Europe. So that's the only thing that's really missing. Because Canas was an established guy before he joined S-Works. Like, that's where he's made his name. <clears throat> and Trevisan or, um, like, Valente could become that guy. I'm not saying they would will, but they have that possibility in them. So if you put all this together, there's almost no difference between uh, S-Works and WRC. They have lots of money coming in. They hire, they get on board a lot of young European drivers and then a big name from America. Uh, and uh, they have cars for like every class. 
Well, not 10 scale. But well, here's yeah, the yeah, thing. I mean, here's the thing. Did Cavallari get big money this time? Is he... So we all agree that Cavallari was very good in 10 scale last year. Mediocre at best in, in 8 scale. He was even out of a lot of mains. His tenure with TLR was not good. It was much better with S-Works. Mm-hmm. If this was Cavallari of 2018 when he was flirting with going to JQ Racing, I would say, okay. Um, but in my honest opinion, and I'm a big fan of Cavallari, he is on the last leg of his career as a professional racer. And he is. But I do see this as a better he, opportunity than TLR. Yes, I was about to say this. He now has an opportunity. I, I would assume he has two more years. So he yeah. has two more years to really see if he can take this brand, put it on his back, and do what Ron Falk has done or like Mayfield done with similar to what Mayfield. Maybe not so much with Mayfield. Like Mayfield had Drake as well, but. Yeah, Mayfield is different. I mean, and, the brand had name on its own. Like this is right. it's much harder to do. Yes, like, much harder S-works, to do. S works work at this for what three, four years, and now they're looking to be established. You know, like yes. that's the that's the issue with with WRC. It's like Cavalry can win like every other race for the next two years, and WRC is still not going to be like, oh, we like we think this is one of the top brands because of their new brand, and people like have to get used to the name. So, um, but Cav has I, to get results. He has to get he results. Does. He does, but I do think this car will definitely suit him better. He okay. did well under Associated. He did well under S Works. Um, both Pillowball cars. He went to a C car in like totally different world, you know. So. I don't think he's a bad driver. <laughs> like, I don't think he's become worse in the past two years. I just think he didn't figure out how to get the car working for him. So I think this car will suit him better. Um, and, uh, like, let's be honest, effectively, ex- effectively, the car is a mutant, you know? Well, I'm going to say this. I know he also went to S-Works. I also know he went to Mayako. So... I'm not sure if this was his first choice, but I heard. Oh, like Cavalieri? Yeah, he he made offers. He went to to these companies. So he was fishing. If if I know one thing about Cavalieri is that he knows his value, I think, or he, wow, he, he's very strict with his contracts, I'm told. So he probably went for, I'm sure he just went for as much. Well, I know that Mayako couldn't do it. I'm sure SRX didn't have budget for it either. So he went with these guys. But I, I think if he doesn't do anything in these next two years, that's I think I think he unless he does something miraculous and saves his brand or something. Two more years to put Cav at thirty-seven. Maybe he has one more shot after this at a brand. If he if he gets no, good no, results, no. I in, think I think I think yeah. if he doesn't do well in eight scale, he's done in eight scale. Like there's no point in someone paying him a monthly salary after this in eight scale. Yeah. Because you can just get like a Brandon Rose. Uh, like at this point, you can get a Brandon Rose for cheaper and mm-hmm. get better results. Okay. In 10 scale, however, a different story, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. So do you think this is going to help grow the WRC brand in America or will it's, it's still going to take some time? It's, it's going to take time. It's, it's, yeah. This, as I said before, Cavalier is not a guy Mm-hmm. Uh, like Mayfield, who, they are not guys who 
you were like, okay, they switched that brand, I'm going to switch. Those are the guys who made their name in getting good results and that way showing that the car is good or whatever is important to people in terms of branding. So, yeah, I think if he has a good year this year, definitely a big, big, uh, like big positive change towards WRC. Um, but yeah, I don't see, I, I see, I see he can make a big difference in the two years, but for the first, like the next six months, I'm, I don't think that this will make any difference. Really. Okay. All right. But Hey, I'll be watching this. I'm still a fan of the Cav. I also like the underdog. So I want to see WRC do well. TLR. Woof. Well, TLR probably lost a lot of regional drivers. They seem to gain a lot of, re- of, of, of drive. They gained a few drivers. Um, Cav out, probably too expensive. Tallard in, probably a little cheaper, younger. Uh, probably, I'm not sure what he studied, but he seems to be a very smart young man. I think he'll do well as a second driver. Uh, Frankie Contreras out, but people forget that TLR has, everybody forgets about him. Tater Sontag, who's, who's been silently yeah. doing well yeah. in 10 scale and 8 scale. And when you're, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I think that Fend being a, the national champion and whatnot is, you know, and the amount of races he won, even though I think Mayfield may have won more races, but being a national champ probably edged him over. Fenn has nothing to prove this year. Everybody's going to be chasing him. It seems like even Mayfield. I don't see much difference happening. I don't see much change with him. I think still think he's going to be dominant. I think the the program that they have done, yes, TLR will lose some drivers, like regional drivers, but I think they'll just make up for it. And I think they're gonna they have a strong chance of winning a 10 scale world this year as well. So I think even though it's a little bit of bad publicity, I think that TLR just comes out still okay, still fine, still fine here, no problem. I think think the thing about TLR is the brand itself is strong enough where they could just not sponsor anyone apart from Fend and still stay afloat. Because they got Horizon backing, they got the brand name. Fend is winning pretty much every other race he goes to. <laughs> they definitely have one of the best ten-wheel drive cars at the moment uh, for both classes. That's what did I ten-wheel drive? <laughs> I said <laughs> electric ten-scale cars um, at the moment. Yeah, this is what when you do two and a half hours of podcast, right? You say ten-wheel cars. 10 scale cars at the moment. So overall, I think like they are pretty set for now. Like I don't, I don't see TLR, like they could fuck up things in terms of like everyone leaving them, like, like fast guys. And they just like, if they hold on to Fend and keep their brand name up, I don't think they can have any issues. Yeah. I agree um, with you there. So it, it's, it's a bit like disappointing to say that, but I don't think TLR is going anywhere. Uh, like no matter what they do because they have Horizon backing, they have a strong brand like Armour and these brands are doing really well. They can always brand TLR through that. So I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I'm not, like, I don't see much of a, I don't see, I, I think, I think doing... like even, even how much I think it's a bummer to say this, but if I was Horizon, I probably would have scaled back 
on the TLR spending as well. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, uh, we're going to touch on Kyosha and HP Racing. Not much to talk about her. Polito, Tega, do you have Tegasi here? I, I follow him on Instagram. Kyosha Italy seems thing, to be done and dusted. Yeah. Lutz thing, stays, Savoya stays, and I think Yao stays. Yeah, so the reason why I put this here is because Kyosho Italy was like, like not counting, obviously, Kyosho Europe, which is Kyosho France, basically. Kyosho Italy was basically the last, you know, independent, you know, big presence of Kyosho in Europe. You know, there is a presence in Germany, there is a presence in France, but Spain, like, I don't see that. Portugal, there is thanks to Joao, but in Italy, this like Tegesi was the guy who kept Kyosho afloat. Polito was mm-hmm. like their driver, and now both of them are gone. So I don't see Kyosho Italy existing much. Further. I see a slithering of new Kyoshos with Lutz, but not what I was expecting. I think I I I know this is gonna piss off a lot of Kyosho people, but I think we're seeing like the rumors might come true. Like Kyosho might just end up like. To me, at some point, I don't know when that's going to happen. But yeah, I mean by that, I, just out of racing. It it looks really, really much like Kyosha is. Yeah, it will become a new to me. I don't. I don't like at this point they would have to do massive, massive changes to turn the tide. Like I don't. I just don't see Kyosho becoming. Like I don't think they even had a guy at the world's mate. You know. Like yeah, I I don't think Kyosho will remain a racing brand for that long. I I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. All right, HP Racing. Nothing. The uh, HP Racing, as usual, picked up a lot of regional guys. Not much movement. A little bit of movement in Europe. Not much. Brunson out. Um, I think at the last race they still got Little Bump, who's getting better. Obviously, the Fullers are there. Caden uh, starting to get up on pace. It's still got Cole, but we we know our feelings on Cole. He's hit or miss. HB quiet. Um, there was that big ten scale stuff, but mm, that's not looking too sharp. Oh, they got Pavitas. Um, I think no changes. All right for another I year. See, I don't. I didn't see any. Like last year was a big, you know, HB year. Like wonderful mm-hmm. out and then lots of like smaller names in. But right now, it's like, I think they've kept everyone pretty much. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know what's going to happen with HB. I know they, they they need to get the new car working. and Well, not working, but they need to get... Yeah, you know what? I keep hearing it from everybody. They need a new car. So we'll see how that works. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much like, to talk about HB racing, to be honest, uh, on that yeah. front. Very yeah, I'm not just stoked on a new car myself, like, from a like design design perspective. Uh, yeah, and the 10 scale uh, I, I car is not getting the best reviews either at the moment. So, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, I think I think they've gotten enough uh, shit for the 10 scale to drive. So, yeah, they got a lot of shit for uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so, we're going to go give them, give them the benefit of the doubt for this. One. All right. So, now we're going to go into tires real quick because this is the other big moves that happened while we was while we was Go on. Uh, let's go hot race. Seems like everybody's going to hot race. Everyone besides Ogden who went to TZO, but yeah. hot race got Barufalo, Barkan, Kanas, Danny, Tebow, and that's just to name a few. 
Yeah. Um, Barufalo back after a year of at six seismic. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that was about because, like, it seemed like, like the post Barufalo made a year ago was like, oh, we we didn't agree on things and decided to go to separate ways, and now he's back. Like, what? I do not uh, understand what happened there. Like, I guess Barufalo just realized that oh, seismic isn't that good. I guess. Yeah, I guess he realized it was a mistake. Yeah, like, I, I. I do not know, but I definitely pretty sure that it wasn't a good move by on Barufla's end. Okay. Um Barkan, I know you have this down here. Borak is a seismic Barkan is hot race. This is rare for these guys. They usually run the same thing. Yeah. But so I made I, think- a, I made a joke on Facebook about this. Like obviously I don't I like I do know the killages well enough where they quite often have very different things for like for example at one point Burak ran the old MBX8 um, whereas um, the American ran the MBX8R rear end so uh, they they do quite often run very different setups and it could be the case that Burak just enjoys seismic tires and American likes hot race tires but I made a joke on Facebook uh, that no one can t- tell who's which, you know, they're like, oh, one of the Kiddish brothers. So they made the smart decision of um, signing for both brands. And then at races, they can run whichever brand they choose because no one can tell them apart. <laughs> so um, you're on mute, but I think you, you like Did that. you get in trouble for that? No, I didn't. I don't know who. I don't. I can't remember who was recommended, but obviously it's a joke. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty sure like it, it's actually like really it's just that Burak prefers seismic over heart race. Like it, it could be the case. We shall see. All right, big move I think this year was TZO Nick and the guys picking up their first pro driver call Ogden. Mm-hmm. Now I really think TZO and this push that they made this year that in a so I would say right now, obviously, it's J Concepts, number one in America. Then we have Hot Race, I would say, number two. Well, I'm going by America, but in Europe, Hot Race is number one. <clears throat> oh, in Europe, we're going it's by America. Like, in Europe, it's pretty much like hot 75% Hot Race, and the rest is the rest. You know, Sismic right. is probably like 10%, and the last, like 15%, is just all random brand. Right. So I think TZO is in a great position to be where I... Where I would, I would, I have TZO passing or even farther ahead than AKA and, and Proline, yeah. I think this year they will be. So they have that, yeah. that, that they have that, they are in position to be in that third spot behind Hot Race, I would say right now in America. I don't know mm-hmm. what they're doing over in Europe, <clears throat> but there have been a lot of promotion. I see a lot of people running the tires. Let's see if Cole can do well with them. I don't, I don't, we'll see. But uh, I think they're definitely in a p- good position where they can be, because there's a lot of tire companies out there. Yeah, but I think I think I do think it's actually good that they have coal because coal is on the east coast. Uh, TZO is he very can help SoCal. sell there. Yeah, so TZO is originally very SoCal due to Nick and his crew mostly like racing there, but now they got coal on the east coast. I have personally ran TZO tires on the east coast. Um, very, very early versions of those, but same rubber. 
uh, on the East Coast, and uh, they do work really well. So I ran, Jay, I tested them against against J Concepts, and and I did pretty similarly. So I think uh, I do think Cole will do. Uh, I, I'm hesitant to say better with TZO than Hot Race, but at least as good with TZO than he did at Hot Race at the East Coast, and. Uh, like my, I would, I would dare to say that he, yes, he will do better with TZO than Hot Race in the East Coast, which is where he mostly races at. So, I mean, is that because of the indoor races? You think that the tire it's, will be it's better a, it's there? A, it's it's the dirt mostly. Uh, okay. Hot Race is definitely not good for indoor. Uh, and then like the red dirt, like if even if you go to like uh, SMB and you run AKA, then you put it down like J Concepts, it's like a it's like an insane difference. Like I don't know how it is these days, but the last time I did it, it was like like J concepts on those those that type of dirt, like southeast coast dirt. It's just really good, and <laughs> that's why you do remember Degani and JQ when they were traveling east coast. Like they ended up With finding AKA. out they yeah, yeah. sucked over there. So TZO was different because that was the only tire I ran. On like besides J Concepts that has been really good on the East Coast, so I do think there is a big chance of it working out for Cole and for Tizio. And I think marketing-wise, having success on both coasts is going to be a good thing for them. Okay, good stuff. All right, uh, real quick, J Concepts they picked up that we know Wiggins and Evans. I think this is. I think right now you can't argue that J Concepts is the number one tire in America, and I think this is. But especially Evans, who's into like you know his ten scale guy, gonna be a big. It's gonna help him a lot. Wiggins would definitely help him out a lot. Um, and I think Jay Concepts just continues to grow bigger and bigger and more dominant. That's all yeah. I can say. Uh, and they're going on. This is the twentieth year. This is the twentieth year of of operation. So they got a big twenty year yeah. operation. I think. I think what happened really was like race time events kind of killed Proline, aka you know. Because to an extent, the, there are there are pro line yeah. tires that work. There are pro line tires yeah, yeah. that the pro line guys like, like in the southeast. Like obviously, J Concepts did much better work than I'd argue pro line and AK has done in the past. So I'd say in 2018, uh, like there was a time where like Ronafalk won DNC with J Concepts tires. I mean, Robert was second, but like Mayfield and these guys would. Already J Concept. There was like only J Concept in top five. Mm-hmm. Then like at every race time event, J Concept has been really, really good. So I think since those that year, uh, it has been the switch towards J Concepts solely dominating in America. I do think Hot Race gonna get some back with like Tebow and and um, okay. I think so yeah, too. But, yeah, but it's gonna be J Concepts like is going to be the biggest American brand going yes. forward, and has been for a while. Horizon, a.k.a. Proline, Angaro out, Cav, Tebow, Denny out. Still got lots. Still got lots. But who is, who's the top yeah. Proline driver now? I don't know. Horn? Is he out? Yeah, Horn, 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 Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think you hear all this gloom and doom that a.k.a. is done, and then they come up with a new tire. Yeah, the thing... The thing uh, that I am suspecting is they will ride it out, you know, as long as AKA can sell tires without doing anything 
crazy, they will just do make tires, release a new tire every year, do a little bit of product testing and that, but they won't have pros. Uh, same with ProLine. Like, they will just run kind of like what Kyosho is doing, you know? Like, they will write out the last of the brand has to offer and then figure something out, you know? Okay. I think that's what's happening. Um, We'll stick to American brands. Uh, as we came on her, we saw that Cav has signed for a second tenure with uh, Raw Speed. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know what to think about that, like what's going to happen with that but we should I see think, i think i think raw speed is sort of like it's it's hard it's, i don't i don't want to like say it's a bad thing because i don't think it is at all because I, as far as i'm concerned it's by you know at least the jason snyder is somewhat involved with it right oh yeah yeah he's still involved that's his business that's yeah. His, he's completely yeah i involved think i think it. like he's he's like sort of the main guy of the business and to me, it has been like I I I have to say I was a, quite a big fan of him, like way way back when he made videos. Uh, he is an entertaining guy, and from what I believe, like knowing him from his videos and stuff, is that he just kind of you know wants to do it as fun, you know, and mm-hmm. he digs cavalry, you know. <laughs> So that's mm. why that matters. But I think he wants to make money. Uh, I think what it's going to happen here he is he'll run. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, I don't think he has the same attitude as like, you know, TZO, where they want to sort of get exposure, get a business, get that, get that. I think he wants to do it his own way, mm-hmm. like have fun at it, have have make it look the way he wants to. I don't think he looks at it as like a business more so than a hobby, you know? But obviously he handles it as a business, I but I'm pretty sure of that. But yes, like I think for him it's more of a hobby. All right. Seismic Borak in, Borofolo out. No, nothing really more to talk about that. I I yeah. still see don't see Seismic gaining popularity in America at this point. Yeah, they, they and then you have the new kid on the block, which hasn't been announced, but we all know it's coming. It's Matrix who make on-road tires. Mm-hmm. Uh now dabbling into the off-road. Uh, market looks like they got Ongaro and we saw varies a part of them. I do know that the person behind this has a lot of money as well. So Matrix is a huge, like very very old brand in on road tires. Okay, um, and they the thing about Italy is there's a fuck ton of plastic and rubber production in Italy. Mm. That's why there's like that's why hot race is a thing. Like that's why a lot of like there's a lot of Italian brands of tires and, and bodies and stuff. So the plastic and rubber production in Italy is quite a big industry. Um and uh I do believe Matrix has something to do with, you know, I, I have no clue, but I'd expect they have, you know, some connections to that other production of rubbers. But mm. definitely now, uh various part of uh, who is on Aro's uh, old mechanic is part of Matrix and uh, he already released a picture of the tire so it's yeah it's pretty much like and, and I heard they might have another top driver coming to them as well yeah. uh, but I'll let that be play out yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean on isn't confirmed but like yeah, he's, it's pretty... old, he's, he's old mechanic they definitely I do believe remain somewhat friends. Uh, 
Ongaro trusted very a lot on tire choice. Like they did crazy things. Like they cut the tire and shortened the tire, like reduced the diameter by like fucking really? I don't even like very little, but cut the little piece of the tire, re-glued it so that the diameter was shorter. Mm, and did stuff like that. And that's all uh, very so okay. he was he's very, you know, he knows about a lot about tires. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Ongara go to Matrix, especially after the AK move, because I don't see Ongara going to Hot Race. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do see Ongara going. I do not know about anyone else. but Okay. We're going to go over, I think that's it for tire companies. Let's. We're going to do real quicker because we're not trying to go too long. But yeah. uh, we had some engine changes. Obviously, Robert Battier to course attack the official release of all the products for 2020. 2023, the nitro engines, batteries, electronics uh, will be available or are available in USA now, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't really get anybody. I saw they got Jordan Lott, and but no real other American racers. Oh yet. no, they they definitely haven't. Like, I don't. Think yeah, they, they haven't started yet. Position. Yeah, I think. I mean, Ronifolk and uh, Batte are pretty natural, like mm-hmm. drivers too, because they are friends with Adrian and. And they have been, you know, like yes. David definitely, you know, he he start like he was there before the brand even existed. <laughs> Ultimate, know, so. yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens when they start getting that when they announce the distribution and all that there in America. Yeah. Tebow yeah. to Ultimate, not really surprised her uh, affiliation affiliation with Brent at Beach RC. He was a Beach RC driver for a while, so he 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 joins the list. I think it's like Seth and Dalen. Uh, Dakota fan and, and Tebow. I think that's his no Ogden, I think he's good. Right? Yeah, Ogden, sorry. So he's 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 got I think he's gonna be fine there. Not really shocked at this. But the biggest shock for me was Rivkin to Reds. And I when I see this, I just think show me the money. Because um <laughs> wasn't he like under the Drake thing or something like that before? Like while well, Rivkin was also one of those drivers that was with MX for a long time. So yeah, I I assume he's getting a healthy, a decent paycheck from Reds. Yeah. So I think um, I think what happened was when MX went bust, mm-hmm. um, he was like, okay, like I'm gonna just get a good engine for next year because it's a world's year. I don't want to do anything dumb for now. Right, I can see that. So so he was like, okay, I I trust Drake. I'll get like he probably like he probably didn't get any money from it, like. Very little if he did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. he's like, okay, next year is 10 scale world. So I don't really give a shit about Nitro for now. And uh, he got a paycheck from Reds. Now, I don't think like, you know, for Reds, it was a dumb move. I think it's a good move. It could be a good move for Rivkin too. But for me, it's like, this is what the fifth top level pro Red sign from America. <laughs> I don't know. And it has never really worked out. Like first yeah. they had Ogden, then they had Mayfield. Well, they had Mayfield they first. Had, they did? I think Ogden yeah. was there first. Mm, maybe. I think it was Ogden, then Mayfield, then they had uh, Fend, then they had... Uh, Fend ran Reds? Yeah, he ran Reds for like a year or two. And okay. got quite a, quite much money from them okay. as well. 
Yeah, I but think yeah, this is that, just that's that's what I'm saying. Like you didn't even remember Fenran Red, so yeah. But I I'll be honest with you. Works out for Reds this time. <laughs> yeah, I see. I still see Reds as the second engine to OS based engines out there. Yeah, but like, I think with Course like, Attack coming behind them, and then there's other engines I think, like. I think uh, what you well. said to me is just a bit like funny because second engine to OS based engines, but like what seventy five percent of the market is <laughs> OS based engine. Right, like okay. I have to be honest, like I do respect Reds a lot and they do have a very, very big market share in Europe. And uh, I'm not like laughing at them. I'm just laughing at the current situation where they really like the OS has for some reason like gotten so dominant in the engine market. But I do see uh, Reds climbing back and I do hope that this time with Rivkin, it works out for them. and uh, same with Corsa Deck coming out, there finally might be a turn in the OS dominance because when I, I mean, I've, I try, I drove uh, David's car, the Corsa Deck engine feels really amazing. Uh, the mm-hmm. feeling is good. I do not know about like how long it lasts. Like, does it have play mode issues? What David seems to have got the no issues last year. Um, so most likely will be really really good engine when it comes out uh, reds has definitely stepped up their game in the past few years a good mileage is one of their like benefits right now um nova is coming back with engines don't know if they're going to sign any big names like they have signed a few italian guys but that's about it so mm-hmm. i like really really hope there will the competition in the engine market will return again I really hope and let's not forget, we have the Nova comeback as well. I did call that out. So <laughs> we have that coming back. They look, uh, I, they look, sorry, I got a message. I got something special for us <laughs> to play here at the end yeah. of this show. So tune into the end of the show. Uh, all right. Engines. Enough about them. We have to talk about some 10 scale stuff. And yeah. we're going to be real quick about that. So because that's, we're that's, going on that's, that's all about a scale. So we went yeah. for two hours, one and a half hours about all the silly systems only. So mm-hmm. I have to say that, like, just to wrap this whole thing up, because people have been listening to us be like, oh, someone went to somewhere. Just to wrap this whole thing up, I think the big lines I would draw from this silly season is the established old brands have realized the situation of the RC market. Associated didn't get any big names. TLR get, got taller, but throughout Cavalry, so downsizing. So effectively, AE and TLR have downsized from okay. last year. The upper-comer teams like S-Works, um, Mayako, Mayako um, I'd say those are the I mean, so I to me those seem to be the two big, you know, up and comer teams at the moment. S Works and Mayako, because they are gaining popularity regionally and have a good, you know, pro driver presence. Okay, all right, Max. So yeah, let's like, just call this before we get into ten scale because we're only going to talk briefly about that. Let's throw yeah. out, okay, in your opinion, who? Was the biggest winner of silly season? Uh, let's just say, let's just go. We're not going to go by tire brands and all that stuff. We're just going to go chassis brand 
and and driver who is the biggest winner of silly season for you um chassis and driver it's hard i'd like to say mayako mm -hmm. because they made two big moves um that will be beneficial for both parties not like oh mayako got the exposure by signing like cavalry who's on his way out of uh, by the looks of it um like they got Thibaut who's still passionate still wants to win and Badier who's uh passionate wants to win has the talent and all that stuff and also the exposure but then again I do think Mayfield the Techno was the biggest move of this season and okay. like who's the biggest I, winner I, driver -wise? I like 10 10 times out of 10 I'd switch Thibaut and Jones for Mayfield if I was Techno if I was other okay. brand maybe not but if I was Techno okay. I would um um so, right. so driver wise, um, I'd say Tebow. Driver. Okay. I, okay. I put it this way: for Techno, this was the Techno Mayfield. The Techno was the best move for Techno. Uh, for driver wise, I think it's Tebow for the following reasons. He definitely didn't ever grow to his full potential at Techno. Um, like, I don't know what the exact reason is, but for some reason, he just didn't grow to his full potential that he did at Kyoshi, even at his late time, you know, like just before he left, he even had the, those like good, really, really good races. Um, so why I think he's the biggest, like biggest move for a driver is because he has the support system that he never had at Techno. Like, uh, like at this level, definitely, he didn't have a Techno. He has a fresh start once again and a chance to make a last hurrah in his personal career, as well as having a clear, you know, post-pro career, you know, way of making a change in the RC world. And, like, I think for him the mental change or oh, and i'd also argue the car change is a positive but the mental change is such a big thing for him because like the my every time i just read the community like my npc community post it does give like more excitement and i think that's exactly what he needs like like support excitement help like a structure like things that he feels like he's doing things I think that's what's gonna keep him going, and then he has that passion that he can drive well still. So yeah, I think Tebow was the best move. Tebow to Mayako was the best move for a driver, and uh, Mayfield. I would say for Mayako too, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think it was a, obviously it was a very very good move for Mayako, but like I'd argue that. Mayfield to Techno was a bigger move for Techno than Thibaut to Mayako was for Mayako. Because Mayako already has like Ronapol. They don't need a number one. They just need, you know, experience, uh, exposure, like that stuff, you know? Whereas mm -hmm. Techno, they were always lacking that number one guy, you know? And now they finally got it, you know? So Thibaut is like, how, how should I put it? Thibaut is an important piece of the structure at Mayako, but Mayfield is like the, like the grand jewel of techno. 
<laughs> kind of that's how I put it. So that's why I'd rate Mayfield a bigger move for Techno and Tebow for a guard. Like okay. that's my my, my so winner. real quick, real quick for one second for me. So mine's a little bit controversial or a little bit different. Um, on, on business side of things, I think uh, Mugen that probably had the biggest winner because they freed up money and they're still going to stay popular for another couple of years, right? So I have that. The business yeah. side of me wants to say that. The other side of me wants to say Mayako because they got, you know, Robert Badier and Tebow. And I think uh, I know that they have to work hard and grow the brand to make it work. But I still think the move for Techno getting uh, Mayfield was the ballsiest uh, throw down, put your money where your mouth is type of thing. You know, and that's what Techno done. Yeah. Uh, as for driver, oh man. Uh, I think the driver to get the best. It's it's hard to say. Like I'm kind of, it, I don't know driver wise who got the best deal. Uh, so I'm not sure who that was. Um, let me think about that, and I'll come back to you. But company wise, I want to say Mugen. Yeah. Uh, who was the biggest loser in your opinion? Yeah, I want to say about Mugen that. I, I would agree with you. If we looked at just the current situation, I agree with you. But if we look at Mugen from five years on, from now, this was not a good silly season for them, you know? Like, they unless they have a plan that we don't know about, I don't think, mm-hmm. like, this is not a sustainable thing, you know? So that's why I didn't really think Mugen was a winner. But I do agree that business-wise, it was a, probably a good decision. And having Killage Brothers and... Drake yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant. But, they still have these good guys, like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the losers, um, Cav. I just have to say, from driver's side, Cav. Yeah, biggest, I would have to say biggest, Cav was the biggest loser. Yeah. I don't know what biggest, I was thinking. Biggest brand, or in RC Horizon, like TLR under Horizon, uh, and running Proline, he lost his spot there. Uh, and had to scramble out there, sort of go to all the way to the bottom shelf and find. And that's not a disrespect to the guys at WRC. No, no, that's no, no, just... no. I'm not. I, I, what I'm saying is like, this is a good chance for WRC, and this is a chance to prove that they don't belong, like, to be like the last brand to approach Jews from. This is a chance where they can prove that. But at the moment, like, being honest, like, uh, if you are a pro, you go through all the other brands and then you go to WRC last at this point. Like, it's just a fact. Like, I don't think anyone will be disagreeing with that. But uh, for them, like, every brand has to do it. Every, every brand has to work to prove their name. And then they can say, hey, we're at the top now. But, yeah, Cavalry definitely the biggest loser in, in the silly season. Uh, yeah. Brand-wise... The biggest loser in the silly season. That's much harder because I don't think any brand really lost. Yeah, people would say TLR, but I don't think so. I think uh, no, definitely. I think not. TLR they is going to be have, just right. Yeah, they they still have Fend. They freed up money. They have Tollard, who's, I mean, he couldn't even do as well as Cav did in eight scale this year. 
mm-hmm. live arguably. Intenscale definitely do pretty much as good as Cav did. Mm-hmm. So effectively, they have an equal level driver for less money. Then they have the arguably the best driver in America uh, at Fend, and they have good marketing, good presence. So no, Tiller is definitely a loser. Okay. Um, I would agree with you on that too. No, I have yeah. no real disagreement there. I think that's I about know. it for eight scale, though. I don't. I yeah. the biggest winner, man. In, oh, hey, I know Kyosho lost this season. Yeah, they 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 went on more and more. Yeah, they they yeah. they they're losing every year. It seems like, and that's yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I mean Kyosho, yeah. Okay, Kyosho and Cab, biggest losers, biggest winners, Tebow and Techno. I would say I would have to throw WRC as a winner too. They win. They still get okay, a calf, yeah. and it's still relevant yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. I do agree with that. Uh, yes. I, I wouldn't say WRC is the biggest winner, but they're a winner. But they are a winner, and to me, one of the biggest surprises because I didn't think WRC would get a world champion or a top level pro, and quite a lot of fast young drivers and regional drivers. Which they did. I agree with you. All right. Um, we're going to go on to 10 scale. We're not going to spend much time on that uh, because I'm going to have a 10 scale uh, recap of this race with Warner Crime, hopefully on Tuesday. But in the yeah. terms of Yokomo, uh, you, you have obviously Lee's gone. They still have the Killicks that are staying. You say probably German distributor. They still have yeah. a big touring car team. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. Um, touring car has always been quite separate from off-road. Like, like when Yokomo was really big, like Naoto was the only guy who pretty much transferred between classes. Like the touring mm-hmm. team is very different from the off-road team. But yeah, I think ne- next, like this year is the world's year, and uh, Yokomo pretty much with these moves confirms that they are out of off-road. You know, they're out. That's what it seems like. Um, Schumacher, I think biggest moves. They just signed Cavallari. Yeah. They signed um, Lee Martin. Lee Martin. Like I kind of thought that was going to happen. Cav to them tells me that they're really going to do a big push in in America. Yeah. Um, but I think I think what like if you think about it. Schumacher is one of the only brands left who don't have eight scale vehicles, only 10 scale. And I don't see it happening. Everybody's like, well, what happened to the eight scale? I think they're just not going to worry about that right now, especially with the 10 scale worlds year coming up. They do have a. I don't think they're going to come out with an eight scale, not for another two years. And not only that, the eight scale market is completely way more flooded than the 10 scale market for trash. Yeah, yeah. 10 scale market is much better for them. Because they have established cars, and especially now that carpet racing is becoming more popular in America, they definitely have much more footing for the American market. Okay. So, and like this is what I'm most impressed by. This it's a world year, and Schumacher currently has the following drivers: Orlowski, Cavallari, Lee Martin, uh, Brock Champlin, Daniel Kobevic, uh, Pekko Ivanen. And then on top of that, they have a fuck ton of yes, young drivers. Yes, I would agree. I think like, you're going to start seeing a lot more Schumacher regional drivers popping up her soon too this year. Oh, in America, definitely. Yeah, yes, and, and yes. Someone, someone like Jones, like 
I think yes. Jones already ran for Schumacher. I yes, wouldn't, I I wouldn't be surprised happening. to see him. And especially now that, as far as I'm concerned, Nemo does sell Schumacher. Uh, at least not, not in it. USA, not in USA. No, no, not in USA, but in UK. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if that somehow transfers on. Yeah, they'll get all those um, Agama guys. And now, now that, like, now that Lee's at Schumacher, Nemo will definitely sell it in, in the UK, like, like blast Schumacher now, because they don't have any other 10 scale brand to compete with. Like before, mm-hmm. like promoting Schumacher when Lee was at Yokomo, that would have been a bit weird. But now it's like Schumacher, Agama, and so Nemo. let's just put to rest the Agama, the rumors of the Agama 10 scale. You think? I think so. I think definitely yeah. because what I what I understood was that 10 scale was sort of like a project that Lee was a bit involved in at least. So now that he's a Schumacher, ah, no, no way they're gonna release it like 10 okay. scale call. TLR. So, Caval Talardian, also somebody that you don't have in her, is Taylor Sontag and also uh, oh, Brennan yeah, Schimmel. Is, yeah, those, right. Those, Brennan yeah. Schimmel, who killed it in stock for the last two years, has now moved up to Mod. So, he's going to jump in the, in the deep pool with the big boys. So, I, and then they have the, the young kid like Kyle Go, they just signed. I still think that TLR has a decent team. I think they're going to, trim the fat and they're going to get the people that stick with them and I think they still have a damn good chance of one of the best chances of winning at uh, hobby action and I think even Runafuck was like I'll run a TLR because it's going to be the best car on clay for the world so yeah yeah David David has TLR cars right now and okay good yeah I I mean yeah I I, I don't know what he's going to run but I'd expect him to run TLR yes um, team associated I think they're straight. They got a plethora. They got 10 scale talent out of the Yang. I think we're going to see um, Evans reinv- reinvigorated. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see you, you, you have her, you have Hotton and Angaro. You forgot about Tommy Hall and Marcus Karap, Karap and, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and even, and even Craggy. You ain't got Craggy in there. Yeah, I forgot about these guys, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Like, A.E. and Schumacher definitely have a really, really strong... Oh, I can't go without saying my, my good buddy, Born a Crime. He has, he has a while to go. But... Um, yeah. I mean, he's a one-up, right? Not yes. Yeah, but he runs Associated. And yeah. I, I think the strong rumor is that Mayfield's just going to run Associated cars. And really? if that happens, that's going to be even, even more. That's the rumor. I don't know. He might run whatever he wants. Who knows? But um, why would it, like, okay, this is one J thing. Concepts I, has a very strong relationship, it seems, with Associated. Hey, one thing I have been thinking, I even saw a comment about this somewhere, and I, I really want to say this, because I've bashed Techno on this podcast for so long. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to stand up for Techno and protect them where, where it is. So the Techno foil drive, it came out, it had a big, you know, um, in a big sort of like all these ex short course car guys and people like that were like, oh, this is a cool car. And what I'm going to say is people don't give that car credit where it's due because it's definitely one of the easiest cars to drive in 10 scale. The only issue I have with that car, 
it's a slight bit too heavy. If they if they just a bit made it like more agile, a bit more light, you know, a bit more modern design, that car could be actually a really good full drive car. And I'm gonna go as far like you remember Tebow won the reader race with that car. Yes, he did. Yeah. So if I was Mayfield and I was techno, what I would do is really work on the 10 scale. Like do what you gotta do, like make a prototype chassis, reinvent the layout a bit, use the good bits of the car, the front the steering, uh, a lot of the geometry is really good. And get Mayfield and I wouldn't be surprised to see Mayfield on a podium or winning the four-wheel drive worlds with a techno four-wheel drive. Will be interesting. So like I'm just I, I just hope it happens because everyone was like, oh the techno four-wheel drive sucks. But at the one time when I didn't have any 10 skill sponsor, uh, this one guy was like, hey I have a techno four-wheel drive and I don't have any idea how to set it up. And I helped him a lot. Like I drove his car for a few days. And it was actually really fucking good. I did faster than like the guys who were running associated at the local club, who like were were really fast at that time. So, yeah, I do think the techno four drive is actually pretty good, and uh, it's it's one of those cars that has gone very much under the radar. And I really really hope he if he runs associated, he does what Tebow did, which is tool drive associated four drive techno. Um, sweet so yeah sweet uh two companies you haven't mentioned we're going to touch on them and we're going to be done and uh, this and i'm going to have this special treat you don't have s-works on her who just who got your new yes yes s-works made some big moves so last year they got clement boda this year they got neumann so they and born horse and born horse and heckert and uh with my they have been really active in 10 scale really active so Good moves with them. I don't know if uh, we're going to see if Brandon Rose does go. I don't know if we're going to see him run it, but we're going to see a lot more S-Works as well. X-Ray. Um, pretty Nothing quiet. I mean, they have Coelho, they have Bayer, they have uh, Tasman. I think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest and uh, go a bit sort of shooting a bit off the hip, but my feeling is that X-Ray is kind of in a bit of financial difficulty. I have no clue if this is true, so don't take my word for it. But what it looks like is X-Ray is just like living at the moment. Like what I've heard from distributors, uh, and this has a lot to do with energy prices, the Ukraine war and stuff like that. Um, but what I have heard from distributors, X-Ray is a bit of a shit show at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I don't know what's actually going on in the company, but that's my guess of why they haven't really made a single move during that, during the silly season, because they don't really know what, what's going on. They are just like trying to survive the winter. And then like next summer when energy prices get back to, because you have to understand that in a lot of countries, like like a uh, big part of heat production was about um, natural gas, which came through Ukraine. So it's it's like that has really, as far as I know, that has really 
hit X-ray. And yeah, I've heard this. I heard through a few distributors that there's been big, big issues with uh, with that. You know, energy prices and prices of products and stuff like that. So okay. that's why I think X-ray has been quite silent. But don't take don't don't take this as a fact. Please, X-ray, don't sue me if I'm wrong. But you probably do now. You're probably X-ray's enemy, Max. You probably. I yeah. think they're just. I think they're content with what they have. That's true. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't mean that they should have done moves because they do have a great team. They are really looking good for going in the ten scale worlds. Like Bruno is probably going to fight for the win. Um, and of course, Tesman. Yeah, they forget have Tesman about the Canadian. And, and they have that Muhammad. Who the fuck? Who the fuck was that? Ben, Moh- the, ben, ben Muhammad. Muhammad. Yeah. yeah. Ben Muhammad. Yeah. That guy, uh, the really young French driver. Um, yeah, but this is going to be a little different. Be. This is clay. This is American clay. I don't, this is something no, I want to see. No, I want to know how many cool. of the Europeans are going to be coming over to do some practice. I know Misha's coming soon. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah. Max, I think that wraps up our yeah. immense analysis of do we do biggest losers biggest winners from densco nah, i think we're fine it's not that yokomo is the biggest loser they yeah, have yokomo, the biggest loser um schumacher and biggest Expert, winner biggest yeah yeah i would agree um you know what max so that was a lot of talking uh while yeah, we was well. doing this so for those who are listening to this you you know we, we talked about tebow but actually while we're recording this the news about tebow actually broke just now while we was recording this. So uh, it's like perfect timing because we're at the end of our podcast. They do have the video up, Max. So we're going to watch it for our first time as well. I got my phone is blowing up right now because people are like, you you know, people are like, oh, you, you. Do. I said, look, I had to keep this secret. I knew it was, you know, Tebow all this time. But I haven't seen this video. So I'm interested to see what this video is about. So we're going to watch it for the first time, Max. Me put it to the stream. Uh, let me know if you heard this. If you're hearing this, can you hear it? Yep, yep. We're all living in America, America. It's wonderful. We're all living in America. Jared Tebow here, and I'm the new Mayako USA Community Manager. With my new role at Mayako, I'm going to have a couple different things that I'm doing. I'm still going to be a professional driver, traveling to all the races, racing, showcasing the products, working on development with the products as far as testing, product development, things like that. But as far as the community manager side, I will be helping to grow the Mayako community in the U.S. as far as new members, showing what the membership really is about, and also the Discord and service centers for the U.S. So with the Discord, all customers can go on the Discord. Members have uh, special pages that they can go on, special forums, uh, special meetings, things like that. So I'll have weekly NPC meetings, we will be doing rent sessions and also some Q&As. Uh, that will be a large part of my role at Mayako. 
the performance of the Miyako MX-8 has truly outperformed my expectations and the car drives amazing. Uh, the handling is really good. I would say just the, the rear end grip that the car has and the stability, not twitchy off center, but rotates really good, carries a lot of good corner speed. Um, I can't wait to get out to the track and race it. I feel super comfortable with the car already. I think I'm going to have a long feature here at my Octo. Well, I'm going to get copyrighted for that. Oh, yeah, true. I'm not going to be able to monetize that. I'm going to get copyrighted for that. Thanks, JQ. But it's official. Yeah. You know, we already knew, but uh, as we was recording this, the news broke. Welcome, Jared Tebow. I really like those Mayako release videos. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, let's get racing. It's time to get racing. So what to watch this weekend, everybody? Uh, what, what what did you think of the video, Max? It, it had a very JQ style to it. Very yeah, good. JQ's getting I, good with his editing. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Rumstein. Uh, we're actually going to see them next fall with my girlfriend. Oh, She's really? Well, so yeah, that that made me feel good. But uh, yeah, I think that's I, the music that JQ was playing in his speaker at uh, Mayfield during the banquet. It was Rammstein. Yeah, um, but yeah, big fan of Rammstein. Uh, but Rammstein. the video itself and and um, and uh, Tebow, yeah, I I mean, he said what we already talked about. Like he's super excited about the car, and uh, he has good attitude. He he seems like he's feeling good about next year or this year rather. I don't know. I feel good. I mean, and I I think it's a uh, it's nice to sort of finally have the US driver being involved in my arc for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. And overall, good. If, 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 mm-hmm. even if you're not affiliated with Mayako, you gotta, you got to be like excited about this because if you're just a Tebow fan, I think it's a good, really good move for him. That's I agree. Tebow. I agree. I think that silly season all wrapped up right there, Max. I think there, if there are some other moves coming, there might be some surprise moves. But yeah. I think that's it's all. We, we spent three and a half hours, well, three hours and 15 minutes roughly talking about this. Uh, we thank you all for the continued support. Oh, what to watch this weekend. So we got the Clash of Champions at Hooser Hobby Plex this weekend. We'll be following that. There will be coverage. We also have the IB uh, Padova one-man standing race. Is that what it's called? Uh, that's last, the big uh, last man, man standing. It's it's one man one race, I think. Okay, sorry. So now the Kilix and a lot of the top Italians there and a lot of Europeans have made a trip down there. And of course, next weekend we have SIC first big one eighth race in America. Next week, I'll hopefully have Borna Crime on her. We're gonna do a recap. We're gonna get to talk to him. I think Borna Crime, if he works out, is gonna be my 10 scale guy. He's at the race at the Huber the the Clash of Champions, sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, hey, we didn't get much time off, dude. We're back racing again. The, the RC yeah, season is long. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. Like, even though we always paint the picture of doom and gloom for, you know, RC, like, oh, we, th- we should be doing things differently. I'm really happy that 2023 seems to be still 
a boom booming for RC. Lots of races, yep. Yep. still yep. lots of people running as a pro. Uh, yeah, the market is oversaturated. Yes, it has issues. All the things we talk about. But after all, I'm really happy that um, RC is still here. It seems to do really great. And uh, we are going to have a really, really exciting season of racing. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, Max, I think that's it. I want to say thank you to uh, all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all your support. Thank you to the patrons of the NNRC and the YouTube members for your support. Uh, you guys will get some extra stuff next week, I believe. <clears throat> early releases. I would give early release of this, but it's just going to be too late. And um, we recorded late today, waiting for this announcement. Uh, if you wish to be a YouTube member or patron, the link is in the written description of this podcast. It really helps us out. Thank you to the awesome companies that supported us last year and if they continue this year. And if you are a company that wants to be added to this list and you like what we're doing, send me a message. But shout out to Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, TNR Fuel, Sun Pedal USA, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Clinic RC, Popper Release Traction Tonic, Ardent Imprints, RC Hawes, RC Craft, um, sorry, Racecraft USA, House of RC, shout out to my boy Danny Paz of WRCE, RCGP, David Runnefalk of the Run of Runnefalk Racing, JTP RC. I'm sure we'll have Teebs on her a lot more as well as we continue. And uh, shout out to Robert Bob Badier and of course our good friend, the Dr. Alex Hackberg. Shout out to all the po- oh, also I was on a podcast this week. I was on the Grid Talk, another English uh podcast and um shout out to all the podcasts wheeling triggers out with brent i like that one too and uh it's gonna be a lot of lot of i'm looking forward to this year i'm I'm looking forward i'm excited i'm excited and uh rc is awesome and yeah i'm happy max i think that's it that's it we're done no more talk with that said hey before we go i want people to tell me if i should make this two years promise that i'll be less arrogant on the podcast (laughs) <laughs> what do you think i don't know i think people like you and people dislike you and you gotta just go yeah. with whatever makes you happy yeah that's all the that thing, comes out I'm, I'm like actually not this arrogant in real life but somehow this this role has grew on me i kind of like it but i don't know if i should keep doing it or if i go mad by the end so <laughs> leave a comment down below if you like my arrogance also don't forget to hit that notification button that yeah. like or dislike button leave a comment uh, sub button. We want to grow this channel. Don't forget our Instagram, our TikTok as well, and our Facebook. All of the links for that are in the written description of this podcast. Max, it's time to go. We're out. See you later, man. Yeah. It was good talking to you. We haven't talked for a long time, but we definitely talked a lot. Lefty See you later. and Max are yeah. out. See you later, everyone. I'll be, you'll be hearing a lot of me this year. I promise that. I'll be on good the stuff. podcast more often. Good okay. stuff. All now right, I, Maxie. Now I'll, shut up. now I'll shut up, okay? There you go. Goodbye. Have a good <laughs> evening. Get some sleep. Talk to you later. Yeah. Goodbye, everyone.